0: of the supernatural. Whether you're watching a video or listening to a podcast, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. Links to videos or mp3 files can be found on MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Go to MarlenePardo.com for information on new book releases. I narrate several podcast series that can be found on major podcast platforms, And can also be listened to via Alexa, Sonos, and other home systems. Look for Supernatural Storytime for scary storytelling, Nightshade Diary for classic horror and adventure stories, Stories of the Supernatural for interviews with different guests on the show. If you want to get noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird, you can visit Strange Than Fiction Stories tab, at com or find us on Blogspot. I want to thank you for being part of my audience. And I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. It's Marlene with Stories of the Supernatural. How's everybody doing? Good? I'm good. You know, cold-weather wimp that I am. I'm putting up with uh, thirty degree um, weather at night, and like a, even my husband, I do at night the uh, because people ask me how are the chickens doing, uh, what I call the chicken rodeo, which is because I make I put everybody inside the coop even though they want to sleep outside, so yeah I have I have to wait till they roost and then I go out there when it's getting dark and i do i call my my husband goes oh what are you gonna do the chicken rodeo i said yeah let's go do the chicken rodeo so yeah you yeah i have to grab them and put them in there because uh you know if not believe it or not chickens do get the sniffles especially you know because in the coop they they don't have the uh if there's any gusts of wind even though it's cold they can huddle together get warm and they're okay and my roosters, they can they can roost. I, I have them covered up, but they can roost outside because if I threw everybody in there, I'd open my coop and I'd have a bunch of semi quasi dead rooster. No, no roosters. No, even though outside they get along kind of inside there. No, but anyway, that's what's happening in the chicken kingdom. Um, as far as uh, you know, I'm still working on my nemesis. You know, I've got the hawks and the birds of prey, which in winter for some time they just become more aggressive. Uh, a lot more aggressive i you know I, I i think for some reason is that some of them that are that have territories nearby food has become scarcer game so they widen out the area that they normally hunt in and that's why i'm getting some of them that bigger ones that i've never normally see out here i see a lot of here the smaller ones the sparrowhawks things like that but yeah so yeah that's uh <laughs> that's what's been happening in Marlene's world, uh, that I get up and I look at like, like, what's the weather going to be today? You know, what's the weather at night, you know, because it's like, yeah, Marlene come sundown. I beat a hasty retreat, by the way, guys, I'm number one, I'm going to be having a live stream on March 1st, March 1st, Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras. Okay. Which is The day, this is the one, the big hurrah before you went into the Lent season, which supposedly you were supposed to give up, uh, you know, till the 40 days until Easter. So I'm going to be doing a live stream on uh, March 1st. I'm almost positive for Mardi Gras. And we're going to talk about all the traditions, uh, going back to Mardi Gras, what it meant, blah, 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 blah. And um, also um, I am going to put out a new show. I know a lot of people had asked me, oh, Marlene, um, you know, there's a lot of historical places in the area, even some of these older cemeteries. And I'm going to put up something about the author, Marjorie Kinnan Rawlings. She was a author who won the 1939 Pulitzer Prize for her novel, The Yearling. OK, so look look for that because I paid a visit. Well, no, I take it back. I tried to find her where her tombstone is in this very small um graveyard and i one of those things that happens where i went at sundown and i, I could have filmed the horror story there the the dogs start barking and these cows that they had somewhere started mooing but from far away it was like how this is so creepy marlene really it's like you couldn't have picked a better time to come out but anyway you i'll let you go you'll see it when i upload it. it's going to be a good show it's it's really interesting i got a lot of interesting stuff about that Because she actually lived here, Cross Creek, where she wrote all these novels, uh, like in the 1920s and into the early 1930s, are like five miles from where I live. But anyway, let's get on to the good part. The good part is who I have as a guest tonight. And this is the first time this gentleman has been here. His name is Reverend Ronald Fail and Wright. He's a Catholic Archbishop and Chief Exorcist for many independent traditional Catholic jurisdictions since 1982. He's performed over 880,000 rituals involving demonic possession, assessments and demonic investigations over the past 41 years. Uh, Archbishop Enright is the founder of an international organization known as the Order of Exorcists with clergy members and assessment teams in 24 countries worldwide. He has just released a book in uh, January 2022 last month titled Exorcist Secret Journal, Concealed Cases of Diabolical Activities and Demonic Possession, which in truth is really an autobiography of what he's run across in all his years as an exorcist. Help me welcome him tonight. How are you doing, Archbishop?
1: I'm doing fine, actually. Thank you.
0: Good, good. (laughs) And, you know, we, we spoke briefly before we started to record, and you mentioned that Well, obviously, because of the bio that you've been doing this work since for at least 40 years. But how did how did you end up there to begin with?
1: Well, you know, first of all, um, the thing that I do, it's not like a job. It's not like where you have to apply for something or, you know, and and as a child, most of us, you know, the question is, what would you like to be when you grow up? Uh, And most kids would say policeman, fireman, Indian chief, whatever. I wanted to be clergy. I wanted to be a priest. (laughs) That sounds, Um, and it all happened started by a supernatural event that occurred in my life at a very early age. I, I was about 10 or 11 years old. And I remember being in the bathroom, taking a shower, and this super bright light just illuminated the entire room for at least a good 30 seconds. And in that time, it was so blinding, I mean, so bright and blinding, I had to close my eyes for that split second. And when I did, I saw what I call a divine vision. I saw myself much older with a Roman collar, you know, it's a clergy mm-hmm. shirt, and uh, working in some some capacity within the church, uh, not as an exorcist, just as a clergyman.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I, and it, it came in as if I was watching a movie and it came in like it just blasted into my mind and I could see everything. And it was only like for 30 seconds, but in that 30 seconds, it altered my path. Okay. My journey in life, if you will. Um, okay. As I got older, of course, I made some inquiries and went to uh, school, you know, the Catholic institution and all this stuff. And, and um, then I, I, when I finally received Holy orders, that's what it's called. When you're, ordained into the, police, uh, the priesthood, mm-hmm. it's called holy orders. And uh, at that time, um, I consulted with my jurisdictional bishop and I asked him about the ministry of exorcism. And there was only one bishop at that time who was actually an experienced exorcist. And what he had to do is assign me to this bishop who became my mentor. And I trained under him for four years. Okay. And you know, I'm I'm the assistant to the exorcist for four years. And in those four years, wow, I could write a series of books on just those four years. But I will tell you that um, in 1982, I was consecrated. In,
0: in How old my, were you in your what in your twenties during yeah. those four years? Okay. Yeah. I
1: was in my uh, mid twenties. Okay. And um, so, as a as a result, um, in uh, 19. Eighty-one, I was, uh, it's called bishop elect. It's just one step before being consecrated into a full bishop. Uh, in 1982, I was uh, consecrated. And, uh, and within that time, um, because of some of my clinical training, I decided to design a questionnaire and an approach for people that are claiming symptoms of, of, of any type of demonic issue, especially possession. So I would uh, I designed a, a clinical form, which consists of sixty questions, and in those questions we have to determine whether or not we are dealing with someone who actually has a demonic issue or if it's some form of psychosis. Okay. So there's a very fine line there, because um, there are some mental illnesses that could actually mimic possession, mm-hmm. what we think is possession. Right. You know, and uh, so it's very very. Uh, it's very critical that we get this right.
0: So, when I want to ask you a quick question. Sure. During those four years that you were training under this exorcist, did you ever witness anything that you thought that gave you pause to reconsider?
1: No. Reason being is um, I had a, a calling, a divine calling, when I okay. was ten or eleven. So I knew I was on a path. I was on a journey that was already sketched out for me, predetermined already. And as a result, I just followed the path, and as a result, I've seen a lot of shocking things. I've seen right,
0: right. I guess that's what was my question. You're young, and you're like, wow. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. You know, and and you know, and not really. uh, Well, experiencing the first supernatural event at a young age that was like the trigger,
0: because Mm -hmm. after
1: that, I started noticing and seeing things that I've just basically took for granted when I was younger, I started looking at the details of life and studying people and things and questioning certain things that were, you know, mysterious and and somewhat supernatural. And I just kept digging until I got the right answers. (laughs) This was like a long time ago.
0: Right, Uh, right, right. Because, you know, I've heard that, you know, there's priests that want to be priests, but they the exorcism thing they're like no 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 you know they they just they're they just how can i say it it's i don't think i don't know if it's a question of faith or personality or there's something in their makeup just like you're you were so positive this was what what it is for you in other words it's not for everybody right i take
1: (laughs) there's two types of scenarios okay okay they are uh one is a person who um who is wants to seek training and become the ultimate goal or whatever they wanna be. They have to mm-hmm. train to be that, that particular or in that particular position. And then the second category is the person who is called. And, uh, and as a result, that calling becomes gifted. The same thing in, 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 in medicine, you know, you have physicians that are very skilled and they are considered gifted. Then you have physicians uh, that are just so-so, you know, they right, just right. emotions. They don't have the commitment that should be there or the drive yeah. and, and things of this nature. So you always have those two that coexist. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um course, I like to think I'm on the ladder, you know, where I, I was called to do this. So it okay. was not like a, it's not like a job, you know, that I had to fill an application in and, and, and right. applied for. It was an actual calling.
0: And I'm thinking maybe that's why they trained you for four years. So it was like. Yeah. you know that's this is like we're going to give you enough time to you know well, if you gonna, go forward you're sure about what you're going to do
1: well one of the main things involved in this whole scenario is that we're actually dealing with demonic entities so mm-hmm. there's an actual real war going on between good and evil and uh, the good has to be there along with the evil they both have to coexist in order to know one from the other they both have to be there and as a result um when we go to the darkness, when we talk about darkness and uh, and diabolical things that um, that affect everyone at one point in time, um, mm-hmm. when that happens, you know, you have to be certain that, especially if you're if you're the assessor, you have to make sure that you're dealing with the actual, real, genuine article. You have to make sure that it's a true demonic issue and not a psychological. Uh, you know, there right. are other categories too. There are people that like to um, there are people in our society that look that want attention yes. and uh, and so they'll do anything to achieve that attention um or you know other things like borderline psychosis where um they actually think that they're experiencing something supernatural and right. in reality it's just a, a chemical imbalance that uh, that's taking place so they're not okay. sure of what's real and what is isn't. And then you have that category where it's actually genuine where you are witnessing a person that is not only levitating, but you're seeing that his skin or her skin is is being transformed to something that would resemble a a deceased person. Wow. Um, the, the skin is always a a gray tone, cold to the touch, and uh, it it actually you know looks like you're dealing with a with a cadaver because. Um, and the whole appearance is just like if you're dealing with, with that kind of scenario, so it's very um, it's very interesting. But, but what makes it more critical in terms of being called to this kind of ministry is that if you should make a miscalculation and say, "Okay, the person says he's possessed. Yeah, maybe he's possessed. Well, let's just do an exorcism. Let's just do a ritual. You mm-hmm. do that, and if the person is not," has no uh, demonic issues, but rather has some form of psychosis that, and he has this delusion that you're feeding into, uh, then what you could do is you could be pushing that individual further into, into their psychosis, which could lead to suicide.
0: Right. They start believing it themselves. In other words, yeah, because the idea has been presented to them. Are and because, of that- course they're mentally ill. So now they start like, especially if it comes from an authority figure, it's like, Oh, I am yeah I could see where that right. could be a big problem
1: right. yeah yeah so I, mean, I always tell um I always tell, I, I've trained my clergy uh, I have uh, probably over a thousand clergy uh, worldwide um, that actually have a ministry of exorcism where they're the bishop they're the jurisdictional bishop for that whether it be parish or uh, city town whatever but mm-hmm. they are in charge and they have a team that will actually do the assessment before the clergy even gets involved. The Mm -hmm. jurisdictional bishop has to review the psychological reports, the medical reports of the individual, because Mm -hmm. uh, medical and physical can mimic certain symptoms of demonic possession. So we have to see what what the psychiatry community would say about uh, their psychological evaluation. In my organization, we've had three psychiatrists And what they would do is they would interpret the the actual um, report, the psychological report, and see whether or not there's something there that uh, that may indicate that there's something um, beyond the norm. And uh, and if that be the case, you know, they can make a decision as to whether or not it's an actual mental issue or if it's actually something that they can't explain. Then they would shoot the report to me, their recommendations, and then I would look at the investigators' reports. The investigators, they go out to these various locations that have requested our services. Mm-hmm. We send out a team to go out there. They would interview the individual and the household members. And while they're doing this, they'll be using my questionnaire that I designed, you know, 40 years okay. ago or so. So they are using the questionnaire. And the questionnaire is, uh, it sums up in three different categories the physical, of course, the health issues, and the manifestations that might be going on in the house. But well, we have a series of questions in those three categories. And uh, so, as they're asking the questions, the individual who is making the claim of being possessed or experiencing some type of supernatural event due to uh, demonic influences they would actually um, react and respond to each question. And while this is happening, one of the team would be operating a camera, which okay. would be taping everything. Now, see, everything is done remotely and from my point of view, because okay. these assessments could be coming from around the world. I mean, I have mm-hmm. people in the Philippines, and I have people in, in Poland, in right. uh, Europe, and you know. And, and as a result, they would send their reports to me and that would be their investigation reports, which are assessment reports. Okay. They would send the questionnaire. I would examine that. I would examine their mental and physical health based on the reports that would be accompanied with the assessment reports, which I forward to our psychiatrists. And they give me their recommendations. And then the ultimate decision would fall on my shoulders. So I would look at all the evidence and... Uh, and then of course, through this thing that we call discernment, we know it's a spiritual uh, form of, of, of decision that comes from a higher authority. I can make that decision as to whether or not, and then I would make my recommendations to the jurisdictional bishop. Now, okay. I'm somewhat semi-retired now, <laughs> so I claim. Yes. Uh, and, and so and so, I've been doing this for over 41 years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it, yeah. I, I'm thinking,
0: how do you retire from that? It's like, no, I don't you think You don't want retire
1: from it. I no. mean, I, I, I still get the the emails from people requesting, you know, uh, services. I still get uh, requests from clergy asking my input uh, on something that they may suspect could be uh, of a demonic issue, uh, uh, things of this nature. So I, I, it's still an ongoing thing, you know. And so as a result, this what this background is my office actually
0: okay I,
1: even i'm semi-retired i still have an office that of i'm and and as a result um uh when things come in i have to make i have to read everything i mean oh all, all the daily emails and you probably have the same thing i'm sure all well
0: you know what it, it, yeah, i think you know they they even talk about it with different types of jobs retirement it's like you know, I think we all need a purpose, but when you, especially with something that sounds like it's your passion, you just can't say, okay, from this day on, I'm retired. It's like, forget it. No, it's like, you can't all that knowledge. Nah, I probably, I tried,
1: I tried doing that so many times. <laughs> okay, uh, well, okay, There's always
0: going to be a phone call from somebody <laughs> who's going to call you and say, look, this is a special case. We need your help. We need your expertise.
1: I've got a lot of criticism saying nobody could retire from what you do. I mean, right. you know, exactly. And then, exactly. you know, and then you have, you know, the trolls that will jump on, yes. on board and say, Oh, what are you doing? You know, you're just the thing right. is, the thing is, I have, in, in all my 41 years, I have never asked for a penny for any of our services. That's
0: incredible. Our services but are people free. People don't realize.
1: Yeah. And the reason they have to be free is if you want to be effective in when you do your rituals, you have to make sure you have the endorsement of God. And in the scripture, it says, you know, freely given, freely received, freely received, freely given. You know, we're given the ability to heal through this form of ministry. And in order to have God's endorsement, we have to make sure that we're doing uh, and trying to follow exactly the way it's supposed to be. So um, so when we say. No, you can't. It's
0: it's even in the prep work. It has to be. I can imagine. Let me ask you, have you ever had any team scared? (laughs) <laughs> like you know it's like they're calling you up it's like yeah hey you know that report you're gonna get because i imagine uh maybe some of these uh attachments or there there's any type of demonic infestation or whatever they're like let's get rid of these people you know we're gonna scare them out of here have you ever had a team that oh sure, to
1: them? Sure. oh yes 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 i've, I've had clergy new clergy <laughs> that, have, that have uh said oh i i don't think <laughs> you know and as a result you see every clergy that joins my organization I ask them to tell me a story tell me the story about you being called divinely to do this ministry and if they can't give me a story then the odds are they didn't have a calling you know you have to have a story you have to have as I was telling you about my calling you know 10 11 years old I could remember like it was yesterday and Mm -hmm. I could even go into more detail about that the point is that they need to have the same kind of story or something similar to it showing that it was a supernatural divine calling. And as a result, then, of course, you know, it's as you said earlier, there's a lot of priests, a lot of bishops, um, a lot of clergy that will shy away from this kind of ministry because of number one. Uh, Actually, there's a number of reasons. The number one is they may not believe that it's actually real. They might believe, well, because we have... um, psychiatry now we could explain everything you know uh, and as a result you know so so yeah maybe a hundred years ago they did exorcisms and they did you know they did all these things many years ago but the reality is okay that even though we have modern science and we could actually dissect a, a person's thoughts in regards to what they're trying to articulate and see whether or not you know it has any substance to it um, even with all that the main issue is what happened in the very beginning i mean to that individual um was mm-hmm. he persuaded by because of chemical imbalance or was it actually a demonic oppression it's just something that we could talk about all of mm-hmm. us all of us have been subject at one time or another to demonic oppression that's when um the darkness will put an element in your mind and it would be a negative element and you start seeing yourself doing things that are you know, uh, very nice, like maybe stealing or lying right, or or doing something that's not, you know, that would not be considered wholesome. And as a result, um, you think, and you never question it, it comes from a darkness because you think it's, it's part of your personality and as you're just expressing it. But you see, this is what the darkness does. The demonic will actually plant a seed in your mind and will allow you to think that it's your own thoughts. And as a result, it could lead to, you know, like stealing a pencil to maybe committing a homicide, maybe Mm -hmm. performing a rape, maybe becoming a serial killer. And and that seed will continue to grow. In a lot of uh, situations, demonic oppression will lead to demonic possession. Right. Then there's, there's other other types of, of elements that we have to be aware of, such as there's a demonic infestation, which is very common. Demonic infestation is when there is uh, dark forces that have been invited into your space, whether it be in a house okay. or, or wherever you're at. Okay? okay. And as a result, you've invited it. Some people say, well, you know, use a Ouija board or, you know, that might bring it in. But the point is it's not the Ouija board. It's your intent. When you, and what motivates you? If you openly invite something from the dark side to come into your realm of reality and you're going to have all kinds of problems. And then that's what we call a demonic infestation. That's when the house or wherever you're at uh, is infested with entities that come from, obviously, the darkness. When that Mm -hmm. happens, all kinds of things could happen within the home. Things could start moving. Uh, There might be growling sounds, breaking glass when there's something. Breaking glass. Uh, there might be horrible stenches, smells, odors. Right. Um, you might even feel to a point where you're being physically assaulted. That yes. is either pushed, or scratched, or bitten, or bruises, or, or things of this nature. Right. I have I have a lot of things online in regards to a lot of articles I've written and pictures online. Okay. Footprints that I've had on me where I've been kicked by invisible entities. Yeah. Um
0: that's, wow. And you know what I think that that's 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 I mean for people that think uh like you said this is um how can I say it it's more imagination than anything else. How can you deny physical evidence of where when you're being attacked, like actually attacked? Or like you said that you see somebody levitating? You know, that you're like, okay, I, I don't care how crazy you could be. Let's say you're one of these that wants to put it under the umbrella of mental illness. There's no mental illness that I know of that allows you to levitate. <laughs> it's like, hello. It just doesn't work that way.
1: Which brings us to a whole different uh, area of discussion, if you like. Um, I've met um, David Carperfield mm-hmm. uh, about 30 years ago in San okay. Diego. Um, he has... Um, what people might call uh, an illusion. Um it's more of a deception, if anything else, where mm-hmm. he could actually fly, he could levitate. And 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 then he'll demonstrate that there are no strings, there's no, you know, no, no smoke and mirrors. It's the real thing. Right. And then the question comes, to, uh, I've seen many uh, people with his talent. Um, Chris Angel, I think, is another one well known. Yes, I
0: know who you're talking um,
1: about. Um a lot of people, okay, that are Unbelievable musicians! They do things that things just appear out of nowhere. They open their hands, and and you know, a deck of cards will appear, mm-hmm. or a coin, or something. I was, I was about three feet away. I was, uh, I was in Pasadena, in in uh, in California, and I was watching a show that was uh, that was hosted by the Japanese community, and they were musicians that were able to actually uh, wear this complete mask and and okay. and, and attire. And they could turn their head, and then another mask and appearance would go right on them. It's like impossible. I was only three feet away from the from the actual performers, uh-huh. and that, there was no way in the world that could actually be happening unless it was of a supernatural nature. Okay. Okay. Again, like I said, this is another discussion. Um, no, I,
0: let's, there are people. I've...
1: There are people, uh, okay, who have made an arrangement with the darkness. There we go. Yeah. In regards to what they want in their life, if they want the ability to be uh, wiser, to be more, have a more um, uh, magnetism, and in regards Mm. to uh, social magnetism, or maybe um, they want something, uh, abilities to do things, read minds, be telepathic, um, do things that scientists would say uh, is impossible. Right. Uh, Even though science does acknowledge that psychokinesis is a real thing. Sure. that is psychokinesis is the objects that are moving from one point to another point you know mm-hmm. they're moving by themselves only through the mind you're able to move things with your mind now there's been a lot of uh people that try to debunk this but actually it's genuine people uh, there are certain people that are gifted now, i don't know if they're gifted or if they just simply develop the ability to do it just through concentration and over the years you're able to move things with your mind which uh, is referred to as psychokinesis, but uh, getting back on point. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. What was the point? No, <laughs> well,
0: no, no. This is the thing that you were saying. And like, um, well, because I said levitation and then you, you talked about certain magicians and I understand that a lot of it is the illusion, whether it's, especially nowadays, whether it's mirrors or just the angle, there's a, a variety of ways that.
1: I, I, I think my, my main point was it's real magic. It's, it's real magic right, that
0: there it's as Absolutely. much as they want to make it look like it can be it's in other words that it's totally um that there is no okay supernatural in the magic how's that that it's just that there's such a great magician that their sleight of hand can fool you but i, I, I understand I, what you're saying that in certain um uh, maybe with certain people for that yeah, ultimate yeah. magic trick
1: yeah, you see a lot of them in Las Vegas who are yeah. have who are very wealthy, and I think there's a reason for that. Interesting enough, okay, there are famous people that have died in the 40s and 50s, mm-hmm. and they had incredible talent. Whether they're singers, yeah. performers, whatever, but they're famous people, and they died early in life, yes. uh, even comedians. And I think um, a lot has to do with a a supernatural arrangement they made with the darkness in mm-hmm. order to be successful. They had to trade something. They had to do something and trade in order to gain those abilities. So I'm, uh, I'm right. I'm- it was like yeah. a that quid pro quo. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm going to give you this fame and
0: fortune or whatever, everything, but you're yeah. not going to, you know, like it's only going to be good for X. And then I don't know if you've heard of the 27 club, which is many uh, musical artists that died when they were 27. And there's always been that thing uh, very similar to what you're describing. They reached like their peak of their fame, very young, and then they died. Some of them suicide, others drug overdoses, others weird accidents.
1: Yeah. Uh, Something similar. I'm, I'm a firm believer. I have another hypothesis in regards to in the same lines uh, first of all, the old cliche about uh, "there's nothing, um, there's no such thing as a, a free uh, situation." Okay, everybody's mm-hmm. accountable, and there's always um, there's always a price to pay. Okay, a lot of these these creative people have made deals with the darkness, and as a result, uh, they were able to excel in terms of their abilities, whether it be mm-hmm. magic, which could be, uh, like I said. Totally, uh, an illusion because it could be actually real magic. They will probably do whatever they can to make it look right. like it's like on oh, the line there, but uh, but they'll have the showmanship like um, l- l- like the fellow I mentioned. Um, I don't want to mention any famous names, but I can't I can't wake out my audience too much if I do something <laughs> that's like totally impossible because then it'll be like secret will be out. <laughs> but um,
0: yeah, yeah, they they they. I, I you see a. Um, yeah, some things, and you're thinking, especially when sometimes, in your case, which was great, because you're saying you were three feet away from that performance. You know, and when you see it on television, you're thinking, oh, you know, man, you know, this could be anything. God, God knows there's a lot of, you know, nowadays cameras and things. But when you see it three feet away from the person, yeah, it's like, and okay, there's a part of me that's saying, this is somehow, this is not possible.
1: Yeah, so help me God, I'm telling you, I was right there three feet away from the performers. And I was like right in the first row it was like just chairs they had folded. And we were like, we uh, was at one of the museums, um, an Asian museum in, uh, in uh, Pastina. But I couldn't believe that I, I was really studying this person. As I said, from childhood, I've always been a, an observer. I call myself uh-huh. a profiler. And in fact, <laughs> you know, I happen to have mm-hmm. an online, you know, course, mm-hmm. okay. For clergy. Uh, right. in regards to what we're talking about. The reason being is that there's so much out there that people are totally oblivious to until they fall into it. Uh, right. Just think of the horrors that would be if you happen to walk into uh, a situation where um, perhaps some kind of um, a seance or ritual going on and, uh, and it's all leaning towards the dark side and you just happen to be caught up into it. You know, yeah. and then, and then, you know, it's funny the thing about um, um, the uh, the game uh, Ouija boards. Um, the very first thing, the first question that the person always asks is, "Is there anyone there?" And who are you? And and now, if that's not an invitation, I don't know what is.
0: I have no idea that that that, that and yeah. you know, and I've mentioned it in my previous shows. I said sometimes you don't have to be the person. With the fingers on the planchette. You can be the person in the corner looking. You can get targeted. Everybody thinks that you have to be the one doing the, you know, hey, hey, it's one. And all you have to be is like, I was just watching. It's like, you can get targeted for any reason. Weak link. uh, Something going on with you personally. Any addiction. um, Anything. It could be anything.
1: You know, maybe even
0: even, uh, uh, present time problems where... It's Like, I don't care about these two dummies pushing the planchette. You are the ones that's going to become the target. Uh, that's why I tell people, you gotta, don't think that it's just that you're safe just because you don't actually participate in that. Um, yeah. I, I, and, you know, one of the things I wanted to ask you, Archbishop, those people that you say, is that something that you could call a perfect possession where these people say, you don't have to possess me as in, um, how can I say, take me over, like, without me noticing. I'm willing. I, I Just like you said, let's make a deal. You know, be my them, wingman, they, and they I will do whatever you want.
1: Yes, they make themselves open. I mean, and the thing is, is that uh, there are so many ears that are listening, and I don't mean physical human ears. I'm talking about the demonic. They they're just waiting for you to say something stupid like that, you know. Um, I, I always get a kick when I when I watch these programs, you know. And you have the investigators; yeah. they go into a haunted house, and you know, and and they and one guy is a uh, this idiot shouting out, uh, "If you're there, prove it, you know, uh, oh, do something, God. show me Very something," dumb. you know. And I'm going, my gosh! I mean, this is like you know, this is all entertainment here, you know. I <laughs> know, uh, no, I know, nothing I know. Real here. But yet, in the same token, you know, by doing that, they're opening themselves up anyway. Uh, yes. Like after the cameras are down, you know, and they walk away from the location, you know, who knows, you know, there might be something, some kind of attachment that might be with them as a okay. result, because of their foolish actions. Um, yeah. And so I, I mean, I look at this, I wanted to say one other thing about Ouija boards, yeah. Ouija boards and, and other uh, elements that are used uh, to play these games and who invite uh, the darkness or, or the dead into their space. Do you know that the Ouija board itself does not actually call any of these dark entities into your space? The Ouija board is just a point of interest. It's a tool that could be used to open up Mm -hmm. the door to the darkness. The Ouija board itself is just a cardboard. I mean, it's it's just a game. But if you have the intent to use that game to open up a portal, to open up uh, some entry point to the other side, then the odds are it's going to happen. And when it happens, you're going to regret it because yes, then you need yes. to look for somebody who, that has an organization like, like the one I created. Right. Many right.
0: And people yeah. don't realize that it's as simple sometimes as that. Yeah. Um, being present, you know, at, someplace where and, and like you said you know some some people play around with that and basically they see it as a game but there's other people that have very dark intentions yeah. and um when they in other words like you said their intent is just not to call in the dead they're looking for non-human entities yeah. to come in versus the regular dead person how's that um and let me and, and, and you know, because I did paranormal investigations since the 1990s mm-hmm. and uh, I would tell people, you know, you could go to an investigation where you might have, OK, a ghost. I'm going to say ghost as in a human, uh, a deceased human being or whatever. But you could also have a non-human entity masquerading or pretending to be human. How's that? It kid, they even pretend sometimes to be Uncle Jim that's or weird. the little girl that you know that um, oh she's so sweet you know oh my God it's just a little kid poor little kid it's like you have to be really really careful.
1: Absolutely true. Uh, in fact, that's one of the um, uh, Satan's biggest uh, mm-hmm. biggest tools in his toolbox is yeah. to uh, is to deceive you, and in that deception, he will create. Whatever you think or hold, whatever's precious to you, maybe it's someone who's passed on, he will create the images in your mind and heart, and it will come, it will manifest physically right before you. And you'd, be swear, you'd swear that you're actually talking to a deceased loved one when you're actually talking to something in from the darkness. I wanted to say also another thing, too. Paranormal investigators and paranormal groups... Um, they and I have a lot of them in my organization. They've come in to do something different. A paranormal group will actually pick a location and investigate it
0: mm-hmm. and
1: through whether or not there's something there, you know, and right. and, and the, owner, the owner of that house or whatever it is should be, um, you know, uh, alerted as to there's something here. You know, right. it's not just imagination. OK, but most uh, in fact, all cases. At least to my knowledge, um, paranormal groups, they go looking for places that are haunted, that are, you know, things of this nature.
0: Uh, Right. Yeah. It depends on their their yeah their format.
1: And you see now our organization, we don't look for anything like that. Right. They come to us. They come to us with, you know, with with uh, with their issues, whether it be something flying in the house, or they suspect somebody in their household may be going through mm-hmm. uh, some periods, uh, some dark periods, perhaps even demonic issues. Yeah. Um, and as a result, that's how we're called in. So we have all these people calling in. I still get requests, as I said, from around the world, <laughs> uh, asking, uh, okay. and, and, and I have to explain to them. Uh, and that most recently was just across the country, uh, on you know, on your coast, you know, and I'm mm-hmm. on the west coast, so you know I'm telling this person, you know, and, and I'm communicating, I'm communicating with all these people that that ask for help because I always do. I, on Facebook, I have like I don't know ten forums, and okay, I manage the ten forums. That's what I do in my retirement. <laughs> and I'm answering questions hey. and and get and, and and you know actually giving some input, but um, but um, I was actually explain to this fellow on the other side of, of the, our country uh that um that I'm in California I mean I I can't you know right get, and, and do uh things I used to do when I was in my 20s and 30s sure. and 40s and 50s do uh, mm-hmm. you know I have a birthday in about three days from now and I'll oh be,
0: happy birthday
1: I'll be 69 years old wow happy yeah. birthday I never thought I'd reach 69. But anyway, it's a, it's a good number. 70 uh, is going to be <laughs> Well,
0: you know what? Nowadays, what is it that they say the s- 60s is the new 40s? What was it? Something like that.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, they say you're <laughs> as old as you feel, right? So Exactly. Exactly. I, mean, I, I have to be honest with you. Sometimes I feel pretty old. <laughs> no, believe me. There's days <laughs> that you're like, oh, my God,
0: my knees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. It's like, man. I- Going through these three steps didn't used to bother me that much before.
1: <laughs> I always say that, you know, um, the way you you see people, your perception of people, okay, can be different than the way other people look at you or, or them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you could follow this, but, but sometimes you look at a person, you're not really looking at them per se, but you're looking at their personality. You're looking at, at how you feel about them they become very special to you. So, you know, the age thing doesn't even exist because okay. you're dealing with somebody that you really like to communicate with or be with. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it's a totally different scenario. Um, yeah. But then there are people that just, you know, like to read the cover and, and don't take the time to look yeah. in the book and, and, and check out the pages. <laughs> well, and, you know what? It, uh, it's, it's, yeah.
0: Uh, you know it's really funny because when you look at some of these uh movies or sitcoms let's say from the 80s you look at how they portrayed people in this that they're in their 60s and they were making them look ancient you know what i'm saying it's like that's
1: that's not not the golden girls Girls is a perfect example yeah with the grandmother um
0: the, yeah the the uh, still yeah, it's still getting it, like the the mother yeah. of uh yeah.
1: the same age as the daughter, but you never know because right, yeah the as they made
0: her looks like yeah, but yeah, it was uh but it's like, you know, yeah Our, and and um God, I can't remember the author's name. he's a doctor. he wrote this book, I want to say like ten years ago, and he was talking about how society and we buy into it by the way, society puts these expectations. It's as you age that, okay, if you're this age, this is how you'll behave, how you'll dress, how you'll feel, you know, and we buy into it because, you know, if we're in society, you're in society. And it's like a universal societal overview that as you have this age, this is what you should be doing or not doing. And he says, all of this is made up. There's nothing that says there's always this "This is what you're going to feel or anything like that.
1: There's a subliminal message in every uh, advertising commercial you listen to. Absolutely. When it's, when it's said to you over and over again, you start believing it and you buy the product. And uh, Mm -hmm. so, yes, that's exactly right. Exactly. What you said is, is absolutely true.
0: A lot of people feel things like, like I just said, oh, my knees hurt because, oh yeah. When you get a certain age, you start getting like arthritis, right? And then you have to stop and think. And, and it's exactly like what you said. You know, especially the, the subconscious works. And I understand the way the subliminal messages work. And how much, um, how can I say? So your subconscious is always recording everything. And you could see a yes. commercial. And you're, even the beats of music, which put you in a hypnotic trance, where what you're picking up on a subconscious level mm-hmm. is much more than what you think you are.
1: Absolutely true. You know,
0: it's inferred. It depends on the person's adjustability, et cetera, et cetera. But yes, I understand exactly what you mean, how. And I tell everybody when I used to have clients, they would say, you know, I would give them little recordings to relax. And they would say, Marlene, you know, well, I don't have to come back. I said, I hope you keep on listening to the recording. I said, because you, you this is continual, whether it's an advertiser for a car or whatever, or nowadays for a pharma, a big pharma. Yeah. You know, do you have this? Do you have that? Well, if the drug doesn't kill you, we could fix you. You know, we continuously get all these feedback um, about how you should feel at a certain age. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's incredible. Um, one of the things Look. that I, I wanted to ask you, and, yes. and since you've been doing this for so long, when I used to be more active, I used to work for a foundation here that ran in Florida. And one of the things that attracted me to it is that first it would do a scientific approach, exactly like what you described. Are we talking, is this legitimate? Is there a mental illness, you know, or somebody? And I tell everybody, I remember back in the 90s, by the time we, I got called in, which before I even worked with the foundation, people were, there was truly, mo, not a good portion of the time, there was really, truly something going on. People were at their ropes end. They had already called the electrician, the plumber, sometimes the clergy, depends, you know, they, they, they had run out of options and they were like, usually you got called like a person that knows a person, please come over very quiet. Shh. And these people were like at their ropes end. And I say nowadays with all these paranormal shows, they hear a strange noise and everybody runs out and sleeps in the car. And I don't know if you've run across that where this advent of the paranormal shows, everybody thinks everything is a ghost. It's like, slow down. Because I think that sometimes people don't realize you don't want this. Yeah. You do not want it to be a supernatural agent. It'd rather be more preferable that you maybe you have to do electrical work on your house or replace plumbing. Very and good. the reason why I say this, I went on a few investigations where you basically you were telling the people in the house there's nothing paranormal here. This is we think this is this and this. And and they were like, no, you know, they wanted to have
1: of course, of course a paranormal so a, thing going on. The whole thing this is why we have assessments and, and you know and we we interview these individuals and we not only uh investigate them but we also investigate their house the history right. of it, uh things of this nature. Uh an ideal team, an ideal assessment team in my organization would have not only people that are good communicators but also and open-minded but also um to be very critical and to be um uh, have the will show me and prove me type of uh, scenario or attitude. Um, okay. They uh, have to be. Um, there's one person that should be a cameraman. The mm-hmm. second person should be a carpenter or maybe electrician. Uh, a third person should be um, maybe a nurse or somebody in the medical field. Right. Um, and and the fourth person could be the lead. Uh, who would be conducting the first contact interview, uh, this type of scenario. The reason you have these other traits that, that should be part of the team is because you have to examine everything. As you said, it could be electrical problem. It could be black mole. Black mole yeah. in the house or even in the mm-hmm. basement can, uh, over a period of time, can actually yeah. uh, cause hallucinations. EMF, high uh-huh. EMF
0: rating readings will also produce a lot of weird exactly. sensations exactly. in your
1: body. Very good, that's right. Good yeah. for you. I mean, you have you have good knowledge there. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of. I've people-
0: been to a lot of things that's- that uh, I, I I've told people. My audience has heard my stories along the though. I, I I've gone to places and you know that it's like if it's if it wasn't that spooky, it was kooky. It was like what? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> things like that and um um you know my my boys my teenage boys I, I would take them on a couple of when we went to like this historical place in that cases they they had a rat laughing they had a running joke between them that would say you know everybody something the ghost pops out everybody's running away and here's mom going hey look you know because that was like a little bit you know it's like okay well but that's what i'm here for but uh yeah um uh, but i I, I have seen darker stuff that is um that people sometimes don't realize what they want or what they're pursuing exactly where it leads. How's that? Yeah. You know? And so let me ask you here, you went, you were, um, you did that, that apprenticeship for four years and then what would happen? Let's say if that team went out and they said, yes, you know, we've interviewed, we've found all this and evidence, And then that's when at what point you stepped in then to do the actual exorcism or how does that work?
1: When I have the psychological and physical reports of the individual and I could rule those things out. And when I have Mm -hmm. the assessment reports along with the video in regards to the first contact interview, when I have all that information along with, as I said, our medical uh, recommendations, then I can make a, a, a valid, a true, hopefully right on decision in regards to whether or not we should uh, pursue a, an actual formal, formal ritual of exorcism. If, um, if it's a jurisdictional Bishop that's asking me for my opinion in regards Mm -hmm. to all their, all the stuff i just mentioned, then I would review it and then I would give them my opinion. Then the jurisdictional Bishop would make the decision to get their team together and to do um, an actual ritual of exorcism. But to do that, that's the last resort. I mean, you know, you have to make sure that there's no other issues involved. If we know it's a genuine case, well, then we have to pursue it as such. Um,
0: And what about family members that are in the same household?
1: People that live in the same household where there's actually a genuine demonic involvement involved, um, Mm -hmm. they experience what's referred to as traumatic. Uh, sensation okay. within their very being uh, because they're infect- they're actually affected by of of everything that's going on okay it could be their you know their mother their sister their brother that might be actually demonstrating um supernatural events that are taking place where things are moving in their room uh where where their uh, skin is opening up because uh, and then sores or start appearing or burn marks oh. or even spontaneous fires may occur in the room itself, wow, for no, for no apparent reason. When those things happen, everyone in the household will be affected. Um, in fact, for that matter, even the team that goes and, and actually investigates and actually does the actual assessment, a lot of them uh, will experience physical things that mm-hmm. may take place, such as bleeding noses. Um, really? um, I've had many reports of, of, of some of my teams that have actually experienced. Running, bleeding noses as a result. Wow. Um, yeah, there are of course the scratches and stuff like that. I don't play, mm-hmm. pay too much mind to that per se, because that could happen. Um, you know, in in any event, you know, I mean, in any right. case, I mean, you, you're gonna you're brushing up against a uh, an unfamiliar environment, so you might brush up and actually sure. get the scratches, and and then think that it's something you know supernatural, mm-hmm. something that, that appeared, you know, and it's very diabolical, but it might be explainable. Um when I see bite marks okay uh in Ooh. places where um where the skin the impossible is impossible
0: for somebody broken. to bite themselves.
1: Right, right. And, and it's done in the back or you know or or their, their buttocks has been bitten literally bitten and uh and God. and they're living they're living by themselves and this is happening, you know, and and Yeah, it's like how
0: how is that, that going to happen? How is that, that
1: you? happening, you know? Um and then that's one of the many things that, you know, you have to look twice and say, OK, there's something going on here. The levitation, Let me ask you,
0: when you take you, that. Here, go ahead. When you, when you take the history of this person, let's say like the assessment, do you take into consideration childhood trauma, either yes. physical, emotional, yes. Or sexual?
1: Yes, that falls all into the psychological profile of the individual okay um and that's you know the you know their their upbringing and and their environment and stuff like Mm -hmm. that the investigators do what's referred to even before making the first contact interview our lead investigators will first do research on the individual find out if there's anything that's been published okay online or anywhere else so where newspapers so on about individual being involved in um in a crime maybe uh uh, suspected of of some foul play, or maybe an individual um, was um, made a scene. And th- there was one individual, in fact, in Florida. Actually, when I think about it, mm-hmm. years back, okay. where there was an individual that bit off somebody's face and was actually eating the flesh of an individual. Yes. Uh, and they were saying that uh, the yeah. person was uh, uh, was had uh, bath salt. Was uh, he was a uh, uh, he had bath salts
0: exactly. He was salt. a homeless man and supposedly had taken some bath, bath salts. salts.
1: Yeah, yeah. You see, they I
0: remember that you, case. That that was horrific. Uh,
1: yeah, very much so. Drugs like that, and any drug, any any substance abuse, can actually lower your defenses and make demonic oppression become very pre- 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 prevalent. Okay, in an individual, at least, uh, you can see the manifestations based because they lowered their guard, and as a result, they allow themselves to be open. Mind, you know, in terms of their mind and allowing these darkness right. things to, to take place. Uh, when I when yeah. I heard when I first read that story, I said, "That's a perfect example." You know, the same thing with the w- with the various famous serial killers. Okay, they all have mm-hmm. an interesting commonality there, and and sometimes you could see it in their eyes. You could also see it in their behavior, and they seem to almost mimic each other. Because it's Mm -hmm. all part of the same scenario, this demonic oppression, Um, demonic possession is uh, that's that's up to another level where you're not really able to control what you're doing, but you do have periods where you come down and you can actually um, be yourself for for a little little time, and then it will come over again and you'll become possessed. Uh, That is the the personality of the demonic entity will become manifested within that individual and then what you see then is no longer the human being but you see a demonic entity actually playing out physically within the the, the host within their within the body that they've possessed mm-hmm. and, uh, and then you'll start seeing other things that's where the the flesh turns to a grayish and cold uh, type of scenario where cold to the touch And uh, and even, you know, various spots and and sectors in the house will actually change because of their presence. Everyone in the household is affected. Everyone sees what's going on. They know it's real. A lot of them are frightened. A lot of them uh, will have psychological uh, uh, um, will uh, after effects as a result of being exposed to these these incredible horrific things. And so, yeah, they, this stuff is really real. When you're ready, uh, let me know. I'll, I'll tell you a really interesting story that happened where I almost lost my life And this. Was-
0: we, I'm going to ask you about that, but first, I want to ask you before I forget, since oh, you're sure. from New York, yes, you were there during the Son of Sam murders. I take it right.
1: I left New York. Right. In the, it, I left New York in the '70s. Okay, I, okay. Like '70s. 70s. I, I,
0: I, I wasn't sure, yeah. and I was going to ask you because you know that they wrote a book saying that which uh, wasn't the only one. That was a group of Satanists who yeah. have perpetrated. And I think, have you ever had a case where it's somebody that was a Satanist and now is trying to get out of it yeah. and ask you for help?
1: Yes, yes, yes. In fact, the majority—well, I'm not going to say majority. I'll say there is a uh, a portion of the people who have asked for my assistance in the years right. in the past years who have um, been. In fact, there's one very famous psychic that came to me and had um, some major problems. And she's was on TV and she wrote some books and so on. And she came to me with, a, with her terrible nightmares. She used to have um, horrific, I mean, horrible, dog nightmares. And so much so that it was taking over her life. And there were certain things that she would find herself doing okay. which was totally out of her character, you know. And she knew something was wrong. Especially when she started cutting herself, and uh, then you know, of course, this could also fall under mental illness, uh, oh, and, but something has to drive you to that point to do that to actually injure yourself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's when she came to me, and um, and um, and she she literally uh, swore me to secrecy in regards to her identity because she's a famous person, and uh. Um, mm-hmm. She's passed away a, a few years ago now, but, uh, but, uh, you know, I still hold that confidentiality. Um, there are okay. psychics. There are people that are, um, that were um, full-blooded uh, Satanists, you know, and they go to they're mm-hmm. part of the covenant and stuff like that. And they find themselves where they have a, a moment of clarity where they say, mm-hmm. Oh, what am I doing? Or where, what is this all about? Or maybe uh, a multiple uh, series of confusions where they just totally, uh, they just need answers, and so uh, and so those people would come to us, you know. Uh, so yeah, and the reason
0: why I mentioned the son of Sam was, you know, he 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 he's totally done a, a reverse. He found Christ in church, you know. In you know, he's never going to get out. <laughs> he he you know he totally admitted his participation in the murders, and he's basically. Runs like a ministry from what I understand inside the prison I think I don't know if he's in Sing Sing anymore but anyway and part of the and there was a gentleman he passed away also uh Mari Terry who wrote a book uh based on his research and interviews that apparently some of these murders were he he did some of them but they were basically um like Satanists trying to do sacri- human sacrifices. Yeah. And it's really funny because it's almost like Berkowitzs spy was he he got saved. he's in jail, he got saved he's still alive. but some of the sus- suspects that they think participated, they all died weird ways yeah. few, right after he got arrested, you know and um and I'm thinking to myself, uh you almost want to say I that he got he got saved because he got arrested, even though he was, you know what I'm saying? Because everybody surrounding him that had some tie-in ended up being murdered. It wasn't like, oh, they had a heart attack and died. These were all young people, and they died kind of horrifically. Um, And I'm thinking to myself, I'm thinking at some point, if if you participated willingly, in other words, like you said, this is not like you were at the wrong place at the wrong time. You actually volunteered, and you did satanic rites. How do you backtrack out of that? And I'm thinking, man, um, you need to call somebody like you, the big guns. Like, get me out of this. Help me.
1: Uh, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of times it winds up, it lands in, in suicide. Um, a lot, of people, uh, oh, so a lot yeah. of people will do a, a suicide type of scenario. Uh, and most of the time, okay. it's not them that are asking for help, but maybe a close relative that uh, says, mm-hmm. you know, I have a niece or a brother or son, you know, who has this problem. What can you do for okay. us? You know, that type of thing um as i said there's a lot of there's a lot of legwork involved any organization that says well we'll do an exorcism uh if you say you're you're possessed um i would not Mm -hmm. go to an organization like that first of all if they haven't done the legwork and they haven't done uh eliminating you know the obvious and uh if they haven't done that and, and the odds are that whatever they do um I, all I can say is God bless the, the victims because uh, they'll either be um,
0: successful
1: in what they're doing uh, or not. You know, I, I mean, it could push them over the edge. And uh, that's why I say it's important. Yeah, that I, I can see where
0: understand. speaking yeah. to the wrong person could make it a lot worse, oh, yes. a lot worse. And what about that case that you mentioned before that you said okay. that you lost, almost lost your
1: life? Yeah. Um, and this was, this was horrible. I mean, it was incredible. Um, and documented too. Uh, uh, in, in 2013, um, after an assessment, my team gave me the, the evidence, and, and the psychological reports came in. Um, and all this, the whole process takes about six months, sometimes less. It depends on, on who is willing to actually do the psychological evaluation and have a physical, because that's very important. Um, so after examining all the assessment reports and recommendations from our medical people, um, I made a decision that I would do it myself since it was local. It was in Southern California, so I said, "Okay, I'm going to you know do it myself." And of course, I had my I had a team of about eight people that were um, more of a supportive group, if not anything. I think three of them were part of the uh, the first initial uh, assessment group, the investigation group. But anyway, I had about eight people around me. And I was doing this uh ceremony and I talked earlier about the blood you know coming from the nose of people who were mm-hmm. just in the room. But there's also other things that could happen, you know, like um, one of the um, one of the people around us, one of the investigators, he had actually his arm was torn from his wrist down to his elbow. It just opened up and he just bled like he was gonna oh. bleed out. Uh, and it was, it was, you know, obviously a a time of concern when that happened, you know, anytime anyone sheds any blood, especially if they're not part of, of the ritual, you know, they're just standing there. It's very concerning. Um, so I'm in the middle of the circle and the individual is there and I am doing my thing, going through the actual ritual, uh, right at that particular time, I felt something that was, oh, it felt horrible. It felt like a two by four. And someone swinging full swing two by four right to the left side of my body, and hmm. only once, but three times. Sometimes three has an interesting, uh, yeah, relative, you know, because it's a mockery mm-hmm. that yes. uh, you know the darkness does. Anyway, um, three pounds of, of this visible two by four just went right across my rib cage. I have the prayer book in one hand, and uh, and at that point. I think i had holy water the other and i started losing my breath and i i, I fell over a little bit and uh, able to get up the pain was so incredible i just took my, my breath away i continued the the actual ritual and uh, and after several hours later we were uh, we were done but i could hardly catch my breath and so as i was being uh, uh one of my people at drove me home. I, I I just couldn't breathe very well. So I contacted my family physician. And he said, Well, let's, uh, let's see what's going on. And uh, went to the hospital took an x ray, and uh, some other tests. And they found something really, incredibly uh, interesting. Um, they found that I had a two liter sack of blood wrapped around my heart and coming from this side. Of my body with the left side wherever right 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 okay and the reason i i wasn't breathing normally is because um the blood sac was expanding and leaning on my lungs and i and, and that's the reason i couldn't breathe
0: right yeah, um, Cardiovascular so uh, they had
1: to they had they did an operation uh and then i had three operations that were all related and they had to you know no, no. And, and it's interesting too because in this operation i was semi conscious and, and, and they were performing it. I was like in this big donut, you know, it's a mm-hmm. CAT scan. And the doctors were there and they were operating on me and releasing the blood. And I was like semi awake and I could actually see what was going on. Okay. And uh, and one of the technicians said, oh, uh, do you want to see uh, the amount of blood? And they actually showed me. It was a big bottle of, of dark mm-hmm. blood. Um, so it's interesting that I remember that. Um, but anyway, um, I had two procedures after that, and I was in the hospital, uh, the hospital San Antonio uh, Regional Health Center uh, in uh, Upland, California. Uh, and I was in there for 30 days. Uh, was, 30 days? 30 days, yeah. Uh, first, they wow. couldn't figure out how I succumbed to that condition. I mean, they couldn't understand. After the first week, they got the uh, the the, uh, the health department involved. The uh, uh, the CDC came. The head of the CCC came, and he had to do an evaluation, and he couldn't explain as to why this was happening. I was putting, mm-hmm. I was put in seclusion um, for about thirty days, uh, and then well, because uh,
0: they thought it was something you caught. In other words, is what you're yeah, saying?
1: Yeah. Well, they were trying to rule out everything. You know, they were trying right. To right. But still, I, I know to trying it. to be. Yeah, yeah, but that
0: shows how much they didn't know, I guess. Is
1: Exactly. Well, see, they'll never admit that, though. They will not admit that. And they rather no. put a, a label on what you have. No, they're not. No. Uh, instead of admitting, saying, well, you, you don't know how you succumb to this condition. Right. So in any case, um, so the, uh, after the 30 days, uh, uh, they've given me, uh, like, lots of medication. At that time, they were, giving me, they were throwing 60 pills, 60 different types of medications I had to take every day and what they were doing was they were evaluating me to see whether or not uh what how i would react to certain medications so they could rule out certain conditions so i took these 60 pills every single day and uh, while i was in the hospital and then just before being released okay uh i had to sign something that says i will continue my medication uh and so which was another six months and it was a lot of med- i mean we're talking about a ton of medication pills that you have to swallow and it's yeah. funny because i had I've always had a problem swallowing pills <laughs> but you know when i was uh when i was I have there, a son like that <laughs> when i was there i
0: i i have a son like a that yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: and uh yeah, yeah and i it was a critical i was uh, i almost lost my life and it was because of this and attack. did they ever give
0: you an answer ever no
1: i thought not. no no i mean you and- know they uh, they just simply said what the condition was in terms of what you know the sack right maybe around the heart you know that type of thing but they don't they didn't say what caused how did i you know how did that happen because having a two liter sack of blood wrapped around your heart right there at that particular time um just 24 hours before being struck by an invisible entity i mean you know it's like
0: I'm Andy. going to ask because I have to ask. Did you tell any of your doctors what you were doing when this happened? Okay, this did any of them
1: I'm... look at you? Or okay, I have I have a primary care physician who I've known for uh-huh. many years, and uh, and he's like in the 70s, and he's been studying medicine for 50 years. Uh, he is uh-huh. totally uh, he he's an atheist. Doesn't believe in the supernatural. Doesn't believe in afterlife. Doesn't believe any right. of that stuff. So I chose not to share any of that with him. <laughs>
0: okay, it's like that. He's not, gonna, I he's to not that. gonna get it.
1: I, I went to another physician, uh, and um, and he was a he's an Asian man, um, well learned. And uh, I told him I confided in him because I didn't know him very well, and he didn't know right, me. So right. I just told him what happened, and he said, "Wow, that's exactly what explained your condition." And he just and he, in know. fact, he even said, um, "If you need me to confirm." What you just said, I will. And, right. um, and, um, yeah, and that was uh, interesting. As I said, that was back in uh, tw- uh, 2013. Then I wrote an article about it. And, um, and I think it's in my book too. So, yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, w-
0: w- did you, did this ever repeat itself? The, this, uh, this thing with the,
1: Any time... Anytime something happens to you and it's of a of a true spiritual nature, whether it's dark or, or light, you're always going to have something that will be a visual of that, and you will live with that. Okay. It, I call it a, a spiritual tattoo. It's it's a it's it's right. a mark, physical a physical okay. mark. On your body okay. as a result. And then there's a chain reaction. Anything that's foreign that is, touches your body or goes into your body, okay, there's a chain reaction in your cells and in your in your whole metabolism is altered because of that particular uh, incident. Now we were talking about information and we get information all the time. You know, it's interesting. When they do a, a, an autopsy, okay, and they remove the brain, you will see the brain and you will see all these lines and creases along the brain. Every time you receive information, it leaves a physical mark on the cortex of your brain. So anything that and everything that yeah. I'm, I'm saying to you, it's leaving marks on your brain. Uh, everything that you see, right. Right. your daily routine, information is constantly being filtered and, and goes tr- directly to your brain. So these marks are left. And just think of all the residual effects that may have occurred from your early childhood, your early remembering things in the early time I mean, you know, all the stuff is with you. Now, consciously, you may not remember these details, but if you know Mm -hmm. anything about uh, clinical uh, hypnotherapy or uh, hypnosis, Mm -hmm. um, it's been said uh, that people that are actually under a deep form, which hypnosis is a deep form of relaxation. When that person Mm -hmm. gets to that point, their subconscious mind is open. And, um, and as a result, um, things start surfacing when questioned. If you ask the right questions, you get right. very interesting answers and it all comes from your subconscious mind. So, you know, yes. you may not even be aware of it. The thing is with the spiritual, when you come to supernatural things, when it touch touches you, affects you, it not only uh, is is being registered by ways of your mind, but your body is also reacting to it because, the whole entire environment within yourself has been altered because something unusual has taken place, and as a result, yes. if that happens, you're you're not the same person. What happened to me as a result of the of the attack that I experienced uh, back in 2013 is that uh, I have a constant ringing in my ears. I have a short. You got
0: tinnitus from it.
1: Yes. Um, I had an operation about three months ago, uh, uh-huh. sciatica really bad. My lower back yes. left side. Okay. okay. I went to my surgeon and uh, he did a CAT scan and he read it, you know, two weeks later and he read it. And he said, you know what? I could see your sciatica is coming from your right side. He says, I don't right. see anything in your left. And yet the pain was coming from my left side and not my right. I didn't have okay. it. it all came from the side where I was struck by that invisible entity it, it was that, yes. so uh-huh. i had the operation interesting enough you know um, for lower back pain it was so terrible i could barely walk they removed three bones from my from my uh back of my neck okay in order to release the pressure that was that was being uh um, um weighed down my, my whole spinal uh, column was being you know weighed down all the way down it was like uh they call that some kind of um compression and as a result, they had to relieve that pressure. So they had to remove the right. three bones. And so as a result, um, thank God I don't no longer have the problem anymore. I, I could walk now. I don't so have it,
0: it it worked the it the removing worked, of the three vertebrae.
1: Now I have the pain in my neck. <laughs> so it kind of like moved from there to there. Uh, anyway, but um but all of this, I mean, my whole physical being was altered as soon as I willingly stepped into the realm of darkness to try to remedy whatever problem it was. What,
0: if I may ask, what was the outcome of that exorcism?
1: I was successful, but I had to pay the price. Oh, no, no. I was going to say, I I was hoping that you were going to tell me. There's always a price that has to be paid, whatever you do. And people that are in my, that sit in in my position, they have to be willing to make that, offer that price to help that person. And as a result, when you do that, you get nothing. There's nothing for free. You, you always have to pay a price. And for the person who, who is in the role as a divine called exorcist, he has to be willing to make and and do and and, and give the price that has to be done in order to be successful. So it's a it's a sacrifice. But it's a sacrifice. You know, we all make sacrifices. But when we choose to do this, it's because of a calling, and right. so that's it gets, it gets. And pretty let easy.
0: me ask you something. And because obviously, because of your experience, is there a hierarchy of demonic or non-human, yeah, sure. whatever you want to call yeah. them? Yeah. 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 yeah, Where you get dumb and stupid to highly intelligent and malevolent.
1: Yeah.
0: And in between.
1: Exactly. It, it's like a. It's like an army. Okay, you have the generals mm-hmm. or the commanders, and then you have, okay. you know, the um, the majors and the colonels, and you have the captains, and you have lieutenants, and then you have the lower portion, which is the unlisted men, you know, the privates, uh, there's a lot of privates, there's a lot of, of commanders, too. Um, okay. We're in this constant battle where every one of these various entities are involved. Um, we, we have. have, and in our belief system, we have the archangel Michael, who is mm-hmm. there in the battle and fighting for, for our, in fact, that's my like the little statue behind Right. Me. Yes.
0: I see that back there. Yeah. Yes. Um, it Michael, the archangel. Yes.
1: Right. So, I mean, we have, we we have him fighting on our side. Um, you know, Satan, uh, has all of his armies, his warriors, and they're all Fallen angels; these are the angels that were with him when he was Lucifer in heaven, and God right. uh, thrust him out of heaven because you know he wanted to be uh, like God, and and God just would not have that, and took one third of the angels that were in heaven, took them, Lucifer took them with him, so all of one third of angels from heaven went down with Lucifer, as we know Lucifer now as Satan, and all right. the fallen angels are demons. And uh, and, you know, and depending as to um, as to what type of attack an individual goes through, uh, we have done um, rituals on an individual and do the same exorcism over and over and over again for a period of four five, six months, sometimes up to a year, because uh-huh. not just one demonic entity in that individual, but there's a multiple demonic uh, entities. Okay. Um, they're being possessed by many demons. That okay. happens. In in our ritual, we ask what the name of that individual demon is. Okay. The demon has to identify himself eventually. So, what we do is a series of prayers, which is the ritual, a series of prayers over and over again and ask them, When are you leaving? What is your name? Why are you there? And we keep dwelling and dwelling. And meantime, the, it's like a boxing match, you know, um, we'll throw some blows. Then of course, you know, our enemy will throw some blows. Uh, sometimes it can be fatal. Um, we've had people died. We've had victims that have died over the years. I bet. Okay. And I'm talking about, you know, we're we're all related to the ritual that we, that we conducted. Okay. Uh, you know, it's a very serious, um, a very serious ordeal when you take up this role, and, and sure decide so. to, to do this. And of course, you have to be uh, definitely have to be called to do this.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which is why I originally asked you that. I said "Not this is not for everybody. No, <laughs> this is not for everybody. And some of- people recognize it as such. And, and I guess haven't you ever had anybody that maybe in, even in one of the teams that they thought they were this was the thing for them until they got there? Oh, yes. And then they saw the genuine thing, and then all of a sudden it was like, "Oh no, 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 no!" You know. In other words, they had a what, what do they call it? A coming to Jesus moment.
1: <laughs> like <laughs> what? This is I what? You <laughs> mean this is?
0: And this is you know. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, oh yeah. yeah.
1: I, I'll tell you. For every person <laughs> that, uh, that that applies to be part of our assessment team, I mean, all of them are volunteers. By the way, nobody gets paid. This is all volunteers, okay? Right, right, Or visitors right. are volunteers. Uh-huh. I mean, the clergy volunteers, every, these are all volunteers, okay? Um, when they come to us and they say, I'm interested in becoming part of your assessment team, uh, then, you know, we'll say, okay, you know, and and then we'll accept them, uh, especially if we could use their talents and so on. And right. uh, in terms of their abilities, you know, and, and mm-hmm. as a result, they um, come part of the team. Out of, for every, let's say for every 10 people, that we recruit, uh, we lose about probably close to seven because they really <laughs> because they see that i because problem.
0: I knew that you lost people, but it was wow, 70. It's like, yeah, yeah.
1: the uh, reason being is that they see that what we're doing is real, exactly Hollywood. You know, this, this is yeah. not you know TV, this is uh, not the you know, ghost adventures or anything. This is the real thing, okay. Yeah. And yeah. so when you see someone who out of nowhere. Uh, begins bleeding from the ears, mm-hmm. from the nose, from the mouth, wow. and uh, when they themselves experience that for the first time, they smell the sulfur, they smell, they hear the banging on the walls, and they know that there's nothing, nobody's banging right. on the wall, but they hear these sounds coming up, and they hear all these things, and they just start seeing things move and 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 fly off the shelves and whatever it is. Um, and when they start seeing this firsthand, I mean, it's like when I saw those people in, in Pasadena, California, when they were doing the yeah. magical tricks and they right. were turning their head and their face would turn and into another mask and turn right. again, their face would turn to another mask. It was that kind of like, whoa, moment of reality. Yes. Like, this stuff is real. real. This is not uh, an, an illusion. This is not a magic trick. This is real, yes. the real thing. This is what happens when an investor and it comes into our program and, and and our teams and uh, and they actually see this for the first time and they go whoa this is actually real i mean this is like you know it's not like you're running into a room and saying oh, i heard a sound it's when you start seeing uh-huh. fluids come down the wall and then we've tested the fluids and found out that to be human plasma where wow. the fluids coming yeah. down and there was no point of reference it would come down right OK, exactly. or it starts raining maggots from the ceiling. Uh, oh. No reason for that at all. Yeah, it was a distraction from? because we're reading the ritual. You know, I have somebody who does uh, who also reads, you know, um, behind me. He's assisting me. OK, and he, and, he, and so I'm reading the rituals and these maggots start falling down and I see them coming. At first, I feel them on my hair and then I, I, I look down and they, they're falling on my book. And then the guy who's uh, behind me, the priest or priest or or the lead exorcist or rather the the lead investigator, he would be reading the responses, you know, to the ritual. Mm -hmm. Okay, And so when he's reading, he sees all these things falling on him and he freaks out, runs out of the room and, you know, and then I'm left there alone again. So it's like, okay, it's it's one of those realisms, you know, it's yeah, it's really happening. Where are they coming from? Okay, they're falling from the from the sky. And we're inside a house and not come from the ceiling, they're just coming materializing and materializing air out of nowhere, <laughs> right?
0: And this so is like, go, this is not a magic no. trick, as in, oh, somebody's gonna come from behind and go, Yeah, look, I had a no, I had a bucket of maggots, and uh, you know, no, and I'm telling you, yeah, that that's why I had to laugh because it was like seven seven out of ten. Yeah, God, that's more than I thought, but it's not unexpected. You yeah. mentioned something to me, and let's go down this. And you, we talked, you said something about aliens. Oh
1: yeah. Uh, <laughs> that I every forgot. Once right? in a while, uh I I am invited on this show at least three times a year. And um, they're um, they're all military people. Okay. Okay. And uh, and as a result, they all, you know, have witnessed or something that would be identified as a UFO mm-hmm. and uh, things of this nature. And I've had uh, in one of my interviews with them I made a list prior to the interview. I made a list of all the symptoms of demonic possession. What you see, what the person goes through, and so, so on. And then I, met, I, I made a list uh, based on the information I, I received from the internet. These are testimonies of people that have said that they've been adopted by aliens. They've been, you know they interacted, you know uh, things of this nature. Okay, I went down all the symptoms there. And then I put them together, the, both lists you would be amazed about 95% of the symptoms of demonic possession match the symptoms of people that have been adopted by uh, ETs and so on. They mm-hmm. are come, I mean, they're like completely. So I'm de- I, I'm at the mindset, and I know a lot of clergy would agree with me, that it's more of a deception. Okay, It could okay. be something that's being used by the darkness to actually okay. materialize certain things. Again, based on your belief system. But I have another right. hypothesis. And this hypothesis okay. is based on, on on my inner feelings. Um, there are two okay. things that could be going on. Number one, it could be a time traveler. It could be perhaps somebody from our future coming back to their past, which is our present, to study or maybe come in and, and they're trying to prevent something from happening. So okay. the gratifications will not travel to their present. So they have to go back in time to try to change it. I, you know, yeah, it's far fetched. There's no such thing as time travel, but again, who knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But then another there will be. Yeah, uh, but another hypothesis is: what if these are people? I mean, scientists have already confirmed that there's at least ten dimensions. Oh, so Mm -hmm. what if these people are being uh, being transported from one dimension to another? Sure, interdimensional. And uh, will and so and and so. Uh, the hypothesis, of course, of, of of interdimensional travel is very well known. Okay, people have been talking about it for, and theorizing it for for many years. Uh, so as a result, uh, I'm on the, the opinion. They could be one of one of two. Um, do I believe the possibility of life from another planet? You know, um, uh, aliens mm-hmm. and so on, ETs and stuff. So you know, anything is possible. But I'm more likely to, in, in the belief system that it's if it's not demonic, it's 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 us traveling uh, from one point to another or in time or a interdimensional thing. Since our science has already proved there's at least 10 dimensions. Right. coexist, which means, right. that, that, the means that there's another version of you that actually exists, but slight, you know, alteration. Right, right, right. You're still right. In, in, in other words, that the,
0: because we always, at one point, you know, like when the fifties with the flying saucers, we always think of travel in space as in like light years, like, Length, you know, a mileage or light years, which is how you measure it. But what if it's inter or intradimensional travel, which is why they are able to do that or disappear? And, um, I used to belong to a group when I was living in Miami, uh, that they would get together, UFO, ufologists, you know, and after the meeting, you know, the people would come like from MUFON do presentations, and you know, people get together afterwards. I spoke to quite a few people that had had a sighting, not even, I'm not even talking abduction, a UFO sighting. And then they would start having paranormal things are going on in their house. And they couldn't, we were talking about it. They're telling me about it because they couldn't, they could not understand what Mm -hmm. one thing had to do with the other.
1: Yeah.
0: They had a sighting and then stuff started happening at their house. And it was like, I thought there's a lot of people see this as two different things, UFO, paranormal, as in either poltergeist activity, knockings of, shadows or uh, nightmares all of these things and it was like and more than one person told me that by the way people that didn't know each other told me that yeah. that that had happened to them
1: there's another a reason for shadow people you've heard of those uh yes. they could actually be people that are trying to go from one dimension to another and you're actually yeah. witnessing them with, by using your peripheral vision your per- peripheral vision is very interesting because you could see things that normally you would not be focusing in on Okay, yes. you're mainly focusing here. Your peripheral vision is like almost your second sight. So mm-hmm. things that are actually happening, okay, from your peripheral vision could be something that can actually be seen and the other times can just disappear right before your very eyes. So it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting concept.
0: Right, yeah. and, and I've, I've heard of people having sightings of either shadow people or apparitions or something. But they can only see them, like you said, on the peripheral vision. If right. they turn to look at it, they can't see it. Same right. thing how sometimes they'll capture something via a camera or a video recorder. But if they try to look at it with their naked eye, they can't see it. Yeah. Okay. But I've heard so much of that peripheral vision, which is, you know. And, and at the beginning, when they have these sightings, they're thinking it's their imagination. Like, oh, you know how you'll like think, oh, I saw something move. And it was just, maybe I'm... A, Didn't understand. But after a while they realize I keep seeing this, whatever it is, this shadow or this movement, or maybe even the figure, depending on how good your peripheral vision is. And they realize no, it's what there's something there. Yeah. And as long as almost I'm looking at it from the side, I can see it. If I turn to look at it, nothing. Mm -hmm. And that's a weird thing. It's um but yeah, it, it there's a there's a lot of overlap, even though, like I said. Mm -hmm. And um, as far as, uh, uh, you know, people think of UFOs, extraterrestrials, whatever the origin is versus the paranormal, or in this case, spiritual attachments, demonic infestations, two totally different camps. Yeah. I think sometimes in some cases they overlap. And there's a lot of people that are probably screaming, going, no! But I think there is. (laughs) I think there is because... I mean, let me be a human about this. Some of the things, and and I understand that some abduction stories, maybe people have, they weren't abducted. It could be a host of things. But if you listen to a lot of the things that people describe that's done to them when they're abducted, are very demonic. Yeah. Okay. There's no empathy. Human suffering, whether physical and or mental. On the contrary, there is no, and, and I'm like, man, if you're supposed to be an advanced uh, civilization, species, whatever you want to call it, um, you you don't have at least that, you know, it, you might be advanced, maybe technologically, but I don't know, there's something there that lack of sympathy and things that people, some of the people have described as horrific, that it's like, man, that's that's very dark, very dark
1: one thing i do know for sure is that we live in a world full of mysteries and Uh, lots of questions and sometimes we will not get the answers to those questions until we reach the end of our journey and then when we reach the end of our journey then i believe that we're going to get all the answers we Ever
0: thought it's, of them. and
1: it'll be the oh, of so that that was, yeah.
0: oh, I was right, or boy was I wrong about right. that.
1: <laughs> exactly, <Wow. laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: yeah, it's and and you know, everybody um you know I I, I I think that you know, despite all the technology that we have, you know, the phones, the computers, you know, all of this, I think that always The human soul yearns for a little bit of mystery of the unexplained. Also, Uh, because I think that that's the way of the world. Not everything can be predicted or um, how can I say controlled. Because I always say, human condition.
1: um, Your line of control is only three feet. That's the only thing you can control is whatever happens three feet from you, Uh, because anything beyond that is totally out of your control. Are you ready for another story? Because I have regarding a computer. yes, okay. (laughs) I remember I have people around the world, okay, who were submitting their uh, assessment reports, and I'm, I would watch their um, their presentation, the first contact interview, uh, by way of video. So I'm watching. You know, they would send me the video and everything else. So I'm. I got some, uh, a report, and it was a month ago. It was one month before I received the report, the assessment report and the, uh, the video. Okay, it was one month before. So, in other words, the first contact um, interview was done a month before I received the report. I'm looking at the report, and uh-huh. I could not believe what took place. I'm watching the interview as the person is interviewing the victim. Asking those 60 questions that, you know, that I've designed and, and they're following my, you know, my, my format. What happens at that point is really interesting. But before I say that, let me just make a, a little clarity here. Demons, demonic entities, spiritual entities, they are not subject to our time and space. Okay. What might be a thousand years for us, for the spiritual demonic entity could be a second, a half a second. Because there's no time, there's no space. They're outside our realm, uh, as God is. God has no time or space, okay? So as a result, that's what's actually taking place here when it comes to demons. There is no time. Uh, you cannot pinpoint them in terms of what time that, that you see them or their actual existence or their frame of time because they have no time. They have no space. They have no. They're not subject to any of those things. Okay, getting back to looking at my screen. Keep that in mind. OK, so I'm okay. looking at my screen and I'm watching the interview and the interviewer is, is asking the questions, you know, um, and then something happens. I have a, a big, big screen. I, you know, I have like a 32 inch screen, computer screen so uh, I could see everything. And all of a sudden I saw this black fuzz, a little black fuzz that started traveling from one end of my screen to the other very slowly. At first. So I'm thinking, well, it's it's obviously a video, you know, technical right, thing. A video. What, yeah. what else could it be? Because it was traveling very slow. And then all of a sudden the fuzz stopped at the other end at the at the left side of the screen and then started traveling to the right side of the screen very slowly. So I, I looked at it again. I, again, I didn't think anything of it. You know, it's like you know, a video right. glitch or something. And then <laughs> interesting enough, the thing got my attention when it went to even slower and started to expand in size. So it got to be like a uh, from a penny to maybe a half a dollar size. And it went through my screen and it stopped right in the center of my screen. And you're like, that's some and glitch. And I'm going, wait a minute, what the heck is that? So I've, obviously, you know, I did what anybody would do. I Well, at least I would do anyway. Yeah. I got closer to the screen. I had to trying to figure out, trying to make out what the heck is that thing? And then as I did, something happened that I will never, ever forget. That little fuzzy thing literally threw its energy off the screen, hit me in the chest and drove my chair way back because I have a chair with wheels. I, drove uh-huh. me way back. I said, okay, now what just happened? Okay. And then I had to play it back in my mind as, of course, I'm away from my screen and thinking about, yeah, it's like, All right. what the heck was that? And uh-huh. the force disappeared, by the way, at that point. As soon as I was hit by that energy force and pushed back, what right. was that? so I lifted my shirt up because there was a burning sensation, and sure enough, I have a picture of it too, by the way. <laughs> it was okay. a handprint, a handprint, and it was pushed me back. And as a result... <laughs> I put two and two together and figured out that what I was actually watching, even though it was a month ago in my time. Okay. Right. Demonic has no, not confined to any time or space. So Mm -hmm. then I was watching it in real time. The Demonic was in real time and it was going, traveling through the uh, the screen and jumped off the screen and physically hit me. Right. That, no, no. It wanted you out of the eye opening there because the, you know, time and space thing uh, definitely applies, even though everything was supplied to me a month before or rather a month after the assessment. ask you, isn't this your,
0: a good tip off that? Yeah, that there is something demonic going on there. I mean, because otherwise, because basically they're trying to get you out of the picture, either physically or scare you i mean it's like
1: yeah well and and it will always do that i I mean even to this day i have things you know moving around me and uh yeah and and if i was uh you know and i but i just accept it for what it is because we're living in a spiritual world you know um you wouldn't believe the amount of spiritual entities are around you right now they're standing all around you uh there's so much uh, if they had physical bodies, they would be pressing you, okay, yeah. and you would feel the pressure. Um, mm-hmm. We live in the spiritual world, and, and as a result, yeah. um, um, we're having this experience, this physical experience in the spiritual world. And so as a result, we have to look at it uh, such as so, um, and that's exactly where, we are, where we're at right
0: and now. W- okay, but what happened with that case? <laughs> what did you do? You Did you contact the person uh, who sent it to you and go, okay.
1: I went to the, I went to the, to the I went to the same hospital I went to when I had that uh, uh-huh. 2013 episode. Yes. Okay. Well, this was just like two years later. I went back to the hospital. Of course, they know me well because I am the mysterious case. Okay. That was incredible. Right. Of okay. 30 days. Um, they immediately did a scan. They did a CAT scan, an x-ray, um, the whole nine yards. Okay. Right. And, uh, and so I'm waiting for the results. I was waiting for like three hours in the hallway and I'm wearing a gown and the gown is partly open and you could see the mark on my chest. And I overheard the nurses and maybe an orderly pass by and they were talking among themselves. And they said, did you see that guy? It looks like he was in a fight with Mike Tyson. Yeah, somebody's and beat him I, up. Or... I always remember that <laughs> what he was saying, and yeah. actually, it was actually anyway. The test came back, and uh, once again, they couldn't don't understand how that happened. And,
0: and it's like I wasn't
1: about to tell them the story. I just said, There are places well, that they send people like that. Come this way. <laughs>
0: we have now a mental uh, questionnaire that we are <laughs> going to give you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah,
0: that's that. That would that would be like a. Uh, And, but what happened, that case, did you uh, give feedback as in, yes, go forward with it or what happened?
1: And they had already completed the investigation and they have been waiting for a month uh, because they're waiting for the doctor's reports, you know, Mm because we have physical, psychological, that has to come in. Right. Right. When they received that, that's when they said, that's why it took a month for me to get it. And so I, uh, I told them my impression and what happened. So I said, you definitely have something that was, uh. Uh, extraordinary and I have to confirm that it is definitely something that's unexplainable or is it yeah
0: well you know what Uh, it's one of those things do you ever get contacted from other countries for different if not belief systems cultures uh,
1: all the time time. luckily I I have this wonderful, wonderful feature in my computer where I could translate uh, because okay. a lot of people contact me from different uh, cultures and 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 so on, mm-hmm. and so uh, so yeah, I, I get contact uh, you know um, globally actually you know and people contact me okay. all the time. I'm not as much as you would think. Now maybe I'm contact maybe maybe once or twice a week from people from another country that are mm-hmm. asking. Um, okay. Fortunately, I have I have uh, bishops, I have jurisdictional bishops in. 24 countries. okay, um, And so they're at point. So when I'm contacted, I try to see, uh, find the closest member I have. Uh, that's a clergy. And that has a team that can investigate. And okay. then I will refer them to, and give them the contact information. And then they take it from there. Uh, in this case, I they just wanted a confirmation. And I gave them a confirmation that, um, you know, it was genuine.
0: Yeah, I bet. What a confirmation. It's like, hold on. Pull open your shirt. There's your confirmation right there.
1: Yes, exactly. And I was like, there it
0: is. Exactly right. Go forward. No, I'm telling. Thank you so much. I, I, we got it. You got to come back because we got to talk some more because I imagine after 40 years, you have, must have so many cases, oh, yeah. whether it was you or one of the team members uh, coming and, in.
1: Uh, well, my book's on Amazon. That's okay.
0: right. Yes. It's, a short,
1: it's a short read. But okay. it has a lot of interesting information that you will get nowhere else. Okay. Because, you know, I, I've kind of like blew the whistle on a lot of uh, things that may be considered taboo. Okay. Um, and um, the cases might be interesting. And it also tells a little bit about myself. And uh, so ideally dealing for with
0: my, I'm going to put a link to your website on the credits of the show. But for the podcast listeners, what is your website address that they could go to?
1: www.orderofexorcist.com. Okay. Orderofexorcist.com. Okay. I, I, I could send you a link too, by the way. So.
0: Yes. No. and But I, I put it, but I, I have a lot of podcast listeners that, you know, you know, nowadays people, you know, they're listening to their podcasts, driving, uh, doing everything except. So
1: that's why I'm I, Facebook. I'm a, I, guess I have 10 forums on Facebook.
0: Okay. I, on Facebook, are you under your personal name or the Order of Exorcist? Arnold
1: File Enright and then when you go to that thing you'll see uh a lot of interviews i've done i've done a lot of publications and i've been to okay. A lot of stuff. okay. So uh, to the glory of god of course. Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I i always talk about this and then i say to myself wow do i sound like a boasting? i hope not. No. I'm not really i'm trying not to be. Uh, no, no. about this because i think it's that me. that
0: um you know what i think uh don't get me wrong i i I understand that the advancements in understanding mental health or mental illness or diseases of the brain or chemical imbalances that that's great because it's helped a lot of people that can they can take medication. In other words, yeah. But I think that you know how in the past people that were mentally ill were thought to be possessed. Now we've swung too much in the other direction, where we think everything is a mental illness. I
1: have another story for you, but maybe we'll say yes, first. No,
0: no, go oh, you ahead. Have yes of course go ahead
1: uh we were invited by a family member to uh, to visit uh, uh one of their siblings in a mental institution
0: okay and um
1: he was um uh he was admitted because uh of, he had symptoms of um of um schizophrenia okay he would hear voices and he would like uh, communicate with them and then do physical things and and as a result um so he was committed. So we were mm-hmm. invited to visit there. I went there with four priests. And uh, and I think uh, and one of them was a physician that uh, was part of our order. Uh, went in there. And uh, in fact, that's how we were able to get in the, the ward, by the way. <laughs> it's right, that- a cool <laughs> string sometimes. Sometimes you do have to turn. Sure. But we were able, and as we walked down, there was like a, looked like a, a series of beds that were like in one large, long Room or ward, and it was like, um, and and every person, there was like maybe every uh, I don't know five feet there was a bed, so it was, these beds were like you know right next to each other, all laid out on both sides of the uh, of the ward. And as we're walking through the ward, people took notice of us, stood up, literally kind of spooky, stood up, stared directly at us, and it's like they all like in uniform. Turned their head at the same time as we walked by. It was like, yes. <laughs> scary. Uh, and as right. it did, uh, and, and prior to that, prior to us walking into the wood, there was a lot of screaming and hollering. And as soon as we walked in, it was total silence. And as we walked by them, you could see these heads. They all moved in like unison. You know, it's like <laughs> they're really. Uh, uh-huh. And so, so this is my my conclusion. Okay. Um, I firmly believe that ninety percent of the people in these mental wards may have a diagnosed psychosis. However, I believe that something has brought them to that to that point, and it could be very well demonically influenced. Yeah. Yes. So I'm going to say because just like all the serial killers that are famous and we know of, and so on, yes. all of them have a direct link to the demonic. And as a result, that darkness can be found in these mental wards, because I believe that all of them have been influenced, at least 90% of them have been influenced. Well,
0: and this is the thing. Let's use the schizophrenic. These people, whether they hallucinate, you you know, some of them do abominable things, kill their parents, behead people, do horrible things. And you think, okay, why does the mental illness drive you to do such horrific things? Do you see what I'm saying? let's say, let's say your mental illness, whatever it is, causes you to think you're listening to, you know, you see people that aren't there, you're hallucinating or you have a conversation. Okay. It could have, why can't it be harmless? How's that? But so many really horrible, horrible things are done with people with these types of serious mental illness.
1: Briefly, let me just say this, okay. Uh, Yeah. It was a few years back. Okay. I was uh, called, after we did the assessment, I was called to actually do uh, the ritual. And um, and this person had its eyes closed all the time. I mean, you do not understand, the eyes were closed. The victim had his eyes closed. And going through the printing ritual, and all of a sudden, the person opens its mouth, and an eyeball fell. What? Out of his mouth and bounced on the chest. What happened was earlier, this person who was possessed pulled out the eye of the person that it was, you know, being possessed. Pulled the eye out and put it in its mouth. So right when we were ready to read the main, the main part of the ritual, this person popped the eyeball right out of their mouth. Wait 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 wait
0: wait wait. wait, wait, wait. He took and whose so- eyeball did he take?
1: His, the the, his the, the the victim his own eyeball he pulled out his own eyeball or that oh. is the demon did anyway of course right in, influence pulled out the eyeball and placed it in his mouth so when we were there to arrive and, and start our prayers it would distract us and believe me it I was sure did <laughs> because at that point the eyes did open and there was an empty socket in one of the uh in in, in one of the that is in God so yeah so we were talking about. You know where you're driven to do things that you would not mm-hmm. normally do. Right. Well, this was a perfect example. Right. That that they
0: do things that. Well, it's it's horrific. It's it's deviant.
1: It's like you know. You want to hear something really interesting too? That I remember is that there was not one sign of blood or anything. It was an empty socket, a socket, and the. You would think that's something I, like that okay, would bleed a lot. Blood gushing out. Right. That
0: the you that he would have had like either blood coming out of his like. No, the, you know, on the edges of his eyes. Socket.
1: It was an empty eye socket.
0: That is so horrific. It's That's what I'm saying. It's so dark. It's like, that to me, it's like, man. Okay, if you sit and you have an imaginary conversation with somebody in the corner, it's like, all right, you know, whatever. He's crazy, but there's no harm. How is that? If that is whatever the nature of your mental illness. But some of them do, a lot of them sometimes do really horrible, horrible things. Yes, and of course they have no fear of consequences. Let's say a yeah. saner person, law enforcement, you know,
1: as in going to jail. They, they, or what's being manifested from the victim is the actual personality of the demon. Yes, the, they're in the back seat, and they may even be consciously aware of everything going on, but they have no control over what's being done to their body and how their body is performing these various acts, because they're being held hostage and they're in the back right. seat. Okay, and so they're watching everything, but their hands and, and, and expression and everything is basically tied. They cannot do anything uh, to prevent anything from happening. So, as a result, uh, they're the hostage in the back seat. The demonic entity has uh, a physical manifestation that's taking place where it actually be, could be seen, uh, not only in body, but also in mind and, and sometimes verbally. Um, sometimes the victim can speak one or two languages at the same time. Okay. Now, they say that, um, and it's true, that it, it's been tested, uh, at least physically, that it is possible to do that, uh, to actually speak in two different languages, or at least two different sounds could come out at the same time. What's unique about the two different languages are there two different languages that they have no knowledge of.
0: Right, exactly. That's that, so that, It could be
1: French and it could be German at one time so the words are being formulated okay physically it's it's not possible to do that because mm-hmm. of your voice box and, and and the whole physical mechanism it's just not possible to do that however when a person is has a form of of demonic possession um, condition if you want to call it uh, when that's on anything is anything is up for grabs i mean you will see that happen you will see various parts of the body missing Okay, I just mentioned the eyeball because I thought that was interesting. Um, but you can see other things that will change. There's, as I said, the skin color, the hair could change, the eyes could change to a yes, solid of black it. or a solid white. It just, wow. you know, it depends on the situation, uh, and, and who's being, you know, uh, possessed and their inner experiences. A lot of things like that could uh, can take place. So it's it's interesting when you're diagnosing something like that. Yes. You have to make sure that you rule out everything that could possibly mimic what you're actually witnessing. If you can do sure. that. And but the- I've heard
0: of some of these serial killers. Not all of them, and I know some of them. It's they'll say after they finish committing some crime, murder, of course, that they don't remember. They, you know, they're interviewed and some people can say, well, wow, that's a great defense. You know, you're going for the insanity plea. Uh, but there's some of them that that's not, not all, but some of them will say, I don't remember committing these acts. You know, this is the last point I remember. And then that whole, whether it was hours or days or whatever, mm-hmm. I, I they're totally blanked out. And it could be sometimes it's the mind will do that. But then you think also what you just described, where basically the one that was in control, was a demonic entity and push them to the back.
1: Yeah.
0: And maybe to maintain some type of sanity, they blank out that
1: it's a defense mechanism. Okay. When we yeah. uh, and we all have this, you know, if there's something that's traumatically happening to us, yes. um, we we will forget the, the brain will actually shut off that particular yes. point of awareness and mm-hmm. store it somewhere in your subconscious. So it's it's the the, in in psychology, they call it repression. So the whatever is happening is being repressed into a storage compartment in the brain where you Mm -hmm. have no access to unless you're under hypnosis. And then sometimes sometimes
0: people, when they have that delayed uh, memories coming back, in other words, maybe when it happened at that moment, your brain said, if you remember this, you'll you'll lose your mind. And sometimes two or three years down the line, if maybe you're in a little bit, then you'll start maybe having flashbacks or dreams Mm -hmm. because the brain is assessing. You can now face this and you will not lose your sanity. But some people never get there. Some people that that memories memory or memories will remain locked away for their entire lives um, because facing it or remembering it, I guess, would they couldn't handle it. They could not handle it. And it's. I think, um, I,
1: I think if you read about the uh, near-death experiences, and mm-hmm. uh, people just before they uh, they cross over, they have this this life review that occurs, and I think that even the negative things appear at that at that moment in time. Uh, mm-hmm. Memories from uh, the time you were born to the time you're close to death, all that is merged into one. So I think you're 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 actually reviewing things that could be very traumatic. But then if you survive and you come back, you know, like as, you know, the near death experiences, uh, uh, happen to people, um, if you could survive that, you probably will forget that portion of what actually took place in regards right. to the memory or, or, uh, life review. And some people are, right. are, are, are perceptive enough that they might remember some things. Uh, but I, I've always been fascinated with, uh, people that have came close to uh to their journey and yet been pulled back for some reason
0: right right and sometimes from what i've heard of those near-death experiences they're sometimes they're not giving a choice They said you got to go back then others are given a choice and sometimes it's that they have children or loved ones that they don't they don't want to leave behind in other words they're it's like "I, i would i want to but i'd rather go back because maybe i have children that i need to bring up uh, or somebody else that they feel that needs them, yeah. uh, and they and they go back. But one of the uh, common denominators is that they lose their fear of death
1: yeah, after they right. have
0: that near death experience. And also,
1: they develop some type of uh, intuitiveness, you know, yes. where they're able to actually feel more and, and, and empathize more than than before. And so, there so some of them are very gifted like that. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's really interesting, actually.
0: Yes, there's a whole I was uh, I was speaking to a gentleman he's uh, his name is Piero Calvetti and he did a near-death experience. he, he worked with Dr. Moody and then and he was explaining to it which I wasn't aware because I always thought that when your brain is considered dead, yeah that's it. he was saying as far as how they can bring people back now it's incredible even after sometimes it was thought as no brain um, activity they can still bring people back. And that's, I think, why you have more of these reports of people recalling near-death experience. Whereas before, that's it—you were, you were dead. Nobody's going to bring you back. Technology now, uh, and medical knowledge lets you come back physically if you can. I, I,
1: I think the the ultimate um, decision basically is uh, all can be all referred to as um, this term that we use called choice. I yes. think that even close to death. If you have a mindset to go and completely go to the other side, you will. Uh, I think that um, God gives you that choice sometimes to, to make that decision as to whether you want to stay or you want to go. I think that um, there are a lot of uh, physicians that are fine surgeons. Uh, and with our modern technology, you could do amazing. you probably keep a person. I heard that there was a, a doctor in Germany that was successful in terms of transplanting a head.
0: Uh, I
1: and I don't even know that. if that's real. But I, I remember reading something about that. <laughs> so, I'm I thinking, mean, that's, yeah, that's I, I, you know what? It's like you, you look at it,
0: you know, once upon a time that was like a bad horror movie. You know, that was yeah. like... Uh, that that kind of theme, it would be like, okay, this is a, 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 not a B or a C, it's a D movie, horror movie. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, um, there's a lot of, uh, let me tell you, nowadays especially, I think that there's a lot of bioethics um, as far as experimentation with ge- the genome, things that cloning, um, things that I'm like, ah, I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah. I just, there's always that what is it just because you can doesn't mean you should should right when it comes to the (laughs) sciences and um and i know that there's some out there that scientists that it's like yeah i want to do it yeah (laughs) and uh i was telling somebody one (laughs) time i was speaking to a a a, a priest that um and he was we got into a conversation because he was teaching at a university that used to be next to the high school I used to attend and i and i asked him what he was teaching and he's saying i'm teaching about bioethics and i said really? Why? And he goes, well, and it's, it's a, it's a Catholic high school. I'm sorry, a Catholic university. And he was saying that in certain laboratories in other countries, uh, they were doing experimentation between human and animal, you know, stuff that ethically was not right. And I was like, are you kidding me? Because to me, I was like, what? He goes, yeah. He says, that's the what we teach as far as the ethics of what you should do or not do, even if you have the ability to do it. Uh, and, it, and sometimes I hate to say it, it's, it's, you know, uh, it makes you wonder what are they, um, what are they doing sometimes as far as uh, ability of things that, I, yeah, you could do it. But to me, it's like you're, you're going think, down the dark path.
1: I think, I think one of the main things that, that gets in the way of, of good judgment is this thing we know as ego. You know,
0: oh, um, oh, boy, yeah. to
1: do with uh, making bad decisions. You know, <laughs> yeah. <No, laughs> I do I know, know that so. there's, yeah. a research, um, there's a research, the research facility in Texas, I believe, and they have for decades now. They have been cloning um, various parts of a pig yes. and experimenting in terms of transplanting. I think the heart may be one of the of the organs that they're transplanting, and saying that it's. It's possible, you know, to survive at least, you know, a short period of time with a transplant like that, and that is after they've cloned, you know, the the heart of a pig or something like that, which I right. thought was really interesting too. Um, should they play God? I don't know. Is it playing God if, if God gives us the the information, gives us the knowledge to do certain things? Um, I think I think it's it's okay, you know. Um, because, you know, if God wants to, um, well, he's given us free choice, okay, to do anything we want to do it right. to a certain degree. But he also has the ability to not allow us to do certain things. And so, um, so you know, it, it really depends on your belief system, I suppose.
0: But you know what? And this I think is, and I agree with you, this thing about free choice, to do or not to do something. Right. The problem, I think, is that the the, the choices that some people make, ends mm-hmm. up affecting a lot of people. And I tell you back in the 1990s, there used to be a magazine. I, I'm, I don't think, I think it's not in publication anymore. It was called Omni. They oh, would yeah. publish all these scientific, yeah. uh, you know, oh. just really interesting. It was, it was uh, more of a, and you know, science based magazine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember back in the night, this was already the genome, you know, we had already DNA, all that stuff. Right. And they were talking about cloning a human body. Okay. Cutting out the portion of the brain, basically leaving only the portion of the brain that maintains life, like uh, breathing, mm-hmm. to keep the body alive. In other words, it's life support. Yeah. And basically, use the body as a transplant uh, to harvest organs. And I was like, that's horrible. Yeah. You know. And then the 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 part of the gist of the of the article was even if you've taken out, even if you've reproduced this this body, this human. You know, not within, like basically a test tube, mm-hmm. and you cut out the part that gives a person this. Does, does that human still have a, a soul?
1: Right.
0: You know, and I was like, God. You know, to me it was like horrible, and I and I tried to look at it from the medical point of view of people that need organ transplants, and I was like, No, that's. You know, if you tell me, hey, I'm going to take your. Let's say you need a. Uh, some type of transplant of some organ. And they tell you, we're going to take your DNA, your own DNA, and we're going to be able to reproduce this organ that you need. Yeah. And your body's not going to reject it because it's you. I don't have a problem with that. When you're talking cloning a human being, yeah. that was like, man, wow, this is like Frankenstein stuff.
1: Uh, you, want, I'm going to tell you a brief story, okay? Uh, which is uh, yeah. uh, part of my, um, I, I've been in California since the early 70s. Mm -hmm. And um, and public ministry in California and globally through, you know, the uh, training of of various clergy, which are in different countries and so on. um, I've seen a lot of stuff. What I also remember were um, I used to do a lot of work in the Skid Row area of downtown Los Angeles. Uh, where you have these Skid Row hotels where people are, um, you know, they they check in and and sometimes they never check out. Okay. And as a result, there's all kinds of demonic infestation and hauntings and things of this nature that are occurring in these places. Mm -hmm. But there's one interesting thing that I will never forget. And that is the number of homeless people that are missing and totally without a trace, Okay, I mean, totally. You you cannot find them anywhere, and mm-hmm. for a long time, it was believed that there are people that will harvest organs. Yes. And you go to the skid row areas where people are homeless and 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 they're not in touch with their relatives and so on. they right, nobody right. Know that they're missing. Yeah. Because they're they're missing to begin with.
0: Yeah, um, the family of origin has already given up on them because they just can't control them, and like you said, they've lost track of them.
1: It's, it, and it's a big business, collecting organs. I was told somewhere that the uh, profit margin for collecting organs, mm-hmm. your, the main organs, is about $350,000. I believe it. I believe it. So, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's a serious money. And there are shady people out there who are, as I believe, demonic influence there, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. will do just that you know for money the uh, scripture says what shall it profit a man if he gain the whole world and lose his soul i think a lot of these individuals have lost their soul because they're trying to get ahead and and doing it all the wrong ways and, and i sure. think that's uh, that's really interesting
0: of course and and i i totally believe it that 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 uh, you know the you know, despite, yeah, there's a lot of people, you know, that will uh, donate their organs, you know, that they, they've they decided yep. to. Do, but still, the demand is far more oh, than yes. any type of, you know, donations That's that best people best will best make best. On, on a volunteer basis. It's just right. too much. And much, what yeah. was it the other oh, that I heard? And I don't know. You know, sometimes you hear these stories that like in India, very impoverished countries, people will sell one of their kidneys, for example. You got on the, the other one for money. Yeah because and you know in other words they're not being fooled they know what they're doing and i was like that's horrible and uh that there is like you described a big market a demand for it how's that
1: yeah yeah, yeah. and it's like there always be a demand uh, because you know there's heart failure that happens uh quite often i don't know how many thousands of cases occur every year of somebody needing a um, an organ transplant especially a heart Mm -hmm. you know and uh a heart is a very expensive, uh, in terms of dollars and cents to have, uh, especially if you're going to right. sell it. And, uh, and, uh, Oh, that's just so horrible. because that. Well, And, and, and based on what
0: you yeah. described as far as the, um, when you said all these, uh, you know, these homeless that they, nobody's ever around to say, Hey, I don't see so-and-so anymore. Right. right. There's, right. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Doe network, which is, uh, it lists all the missing people, uh, that have been found and some of them are they have no name they'll say we found this sometimes a skeletal remains Gondos. or you know and sometimes yes. they kind of know who it is and other times they have no idea and what's surprising is that you know most of the time they try to match it up possibly with a missing persons report yeah saying well well you know maybe we could find this this person that was the family issued a missing persons report. And we right. were able to real, you know, this, is this is who we're talking about. And even now, sometimes they all, they're, they're able to take DNA depending on the remains were found, but yeah. it's staggering yeah. how many people are found that they have no idea who they were. None. Nobody ever, nobody ever contacted a local police department to say whether it was a family or a friend, you know, this person, I haven't seen them or heard from them ever again. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you, you know, most people think, no, that that's incredible. I, I, If, you know, if one of my friends or family went missing, I would report it. Sure. There's a lot of people that fall through the cracks.
1: Yes, that's actually true. Uh, you know, I, I could remember this happened a long time ago, uh, uh, 35 years ago or so. I'm sitting in my office in downtown Los Angeles, and one of my bishops came in and uh, he told me to close the door. And he was like, "He was try to keep this under your breath." And he opened a book. And uh, I don't know if you remember a magazine. It was it used to be a mag. I think it's out of print now. Um, what the heck? It wasn't Life magazine. It was another. Uh, it was like a paperback uh, book that used to come out. Um, it wasn't Life. It was the other something else.
0: Reader's Digest. Time. That's it. Reader's Digest. It was the Reader's Digest. Okay. Exactly. Okay.
1: okay. And this was back uh, about 80, 84. 1984, and um, he showed me a book, and he opened the Reader's Digest. And in the center fold, there was pictures of hundreds of children, hundreds. And the big headline is, Missing Without a Trace. Yes. And every year, there's at least two hundred to 300,000 children that are missing from the face of the earth. I mean, here in this country, just in this country alone. Yes. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. and uh, and so he was uh he was telling me that he felt he understood where these children were disappearing and uh, and then so he went into his whole you know hypothesis it was regarding um the upper I'm, I'm trying to word this just right because it's it's uh I, I don't wanna you know <laughs> cause any panic or anything but no. um, but there is a, a in our society there's the upper class that are very have lots of influence lots of money Mm -hmm. and can live any way they want and make demands at any point yes there's a belief system out there at least this is what he told me um Mm -hmm. there's a belief system out there that the upper crest of our society um have found the fountain of youth and the fountain of youth is digesting blood human blood Yes, from children, innocent children. And that will somehow prolong your lifespan Mm -hmm. as a result from drinking that. And as a result, there's a demand for that. There's actually a commodity, that segment of our society that can afford such services as barbaric as it sounds. But understand, even in the early Christian uh, years, uh, era, Mm -hmm. okay, um, human sacrifices have always been made. Yes. Okay, um, always. It's always been part of, of, of mm-hmm. life. So yes. not far-fetched to say that even today there is such a thing where the okay. upper crest are actually uh, buying, paying for blood from yes. these children. It's yes. a horrible thing
0: to think about. Yes, And, and you know, some people can say reality. very few of those children that disappear are kid, are parental kidnappings. Very few. Cause you know, sometimes you'll have these disputes between parents.
1: Yeah.
0: Or sometimes one parent, sometimes even with good reason, I'm going to say, I mean, it's not always like a, we'll do a parental kidnapping, but that's minuscule as a, that's a drop in the bucket. As far as these kids that, psh, that disappear. Um, where, like you said, no, 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 this was not a parent who took the kid, no, you know, mm-mm, no, uh, and it's like where where did they go? Yeah. Where did they go? And sometimes, you know, yeah, sometimes you know, you've, I'm sure you've heard of people where the remains are found Damn. years later and, you know, now with DNA they can, they can actually identify if they're lucky enough but yes, I have heard of that and I do believe that Um, I mean, whether whether it's for the longevity, which, come on, if you're doing that, you're we're talking here, uh, dark practices, black magic, Luciferianism, uh, Satanism. I mean, take it, give it whatever title you want. If you're willing to do this to be stay young. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's like that's 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 horrible.
1: Oh, yeah um, yeah! You have the money, and and you have the the dark mindset of doing that. I mean, think right. about it. it's. And I know a lot of celebrities. Like you do too. That mm-hmm. seem that they never age, and yet they're wealthy, right. or they're very yeah they're and they're and uh, we're not going to mention any names, but yeah, there are right, some right. that we know are singers, and they never age. I mean, it's like you know they but, look the same, like you know. You know what?
0: I'm I'm I'm. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to propose something that because everybody's into celebrity. Yeah. But I tell everybody there is a big power in anonymity. I think there's very powerful people yeah. that sometimes we don't yeah. even are aware. Their names are never spoken. Yeah. And by the way, they're mo- they're more more that they they understand, you know, how everybody's uh, caught up with celebrity or being seen or whatever. Yeah. They understand that there's more power in being anonymous then in other words you're never going to see them uh on the cover of a magazine or in a tabloid or in a doc nothing you know somebody will say their name and you'll go who yeah those are the people that really understand it those are the people that do things that you you know some they're, they're, they're they're never, uh, if, if they, uh, you know how nowadays, you, you know, you see the names of uh, CEOs and CFOs, uh, they, they, you'll never hear their name or their family name spoken ever, yeah. ever. A lot of people don't think they exist. I think they exist.
1: <laughs> <We'll> <laughs> that, that that there's, 12, there's 12 families, okay, that live in right now in our time. Uh, They're extremely wealthy, beyond billionaires. Uh-huh. And they right. control the world politics. They control yeah, things that happen in the world because, yeah. you know, and, and everything else that we see where we think uh, that, that we actually know what's going on. We really don't. I mean, right. there's so many things behind closed doors. It, it's part of like some of my stories. I tell you, mm-hmm. these are things that are not revealed because they, they Number one, they're too horrifying. Right. I yeah, mean, exactly. Especially if you have a mindset that you really want to, to really think about uh, some of the descriptions as to what actually took te- took place. I mean it's too horrifying. So right. so they're so it it's never discussed. And um and if it is, you know, like the movie The Exorcist when that came out. Yes. You know, um based on a true story. Mm-hmm. But you know what? The reality is and I'm only, I'm just surmising here about 20% of that was probably extremely accurate. Only 20%. The 80% was, was um, filtered in for entertainment. And um, it's called called creative um, uh, movie created uh, license,
0: license. you know? Yeah. Like dramatic, like for dramatic purposes. Yeah.
1: So, so, you know, it's like um, just only some of that. Okay. Um, Even though, you know, it's, supposedly based on true story yeah i'm right. sure it is but it doesn't say you know when you say based on a true story do you mean like completely yeah. or half or what percentage actually just yeah
0: that there was a that, that was a 14 year old boy and then we made it a girl but that's the only basis in reality right. that it had and everything else was made up to go with it right
1: right right exactly
0: <laughs> yeah it's like absolutely um and as a matter of fact um the the amityville horror you know that came out I was recently reading that, you know, when Jay Anson wrote the the novel, which is where they made the movie, he made up a bunch of stuff uh, from, you know, how in the movie, the priest goes into the house and uh, here's a get out and the flies and all of this, that they interviewed all the people surrounding it. And he made up a lot of it. And of course, people don't care because like you said, if I remember correctly, I think the poster for the original Amityville uh, horror was something like uh, based on true events, something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And people think the whole thing is true and it's not. They just put here bits and pieces of, um, which as a matter of fact, uh, Butch DeFeo, the son that was, that, you know, mm-hmm. was convicted of killing the family. He just died last year. Oh. He passed away last year at the age of 69. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, they were, because if you really think about it, uh, everybody looks at the what the 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 Lutz's experienced, and I'm thinking, wait, if you really want to look at dark, let's let's go back to what happened before that 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 yeah. murder of an yeah. entire family, uh, whether he was did it by himself or somebody, that family annihilation thing. Mm-hmm. Who cares about people that spent 28 days and ran out the front door? That's nothing. You know? right. it's like, oh. right, right. But uh, yes, I I know what you mean. Back in those years, and like, and that's what they did with the Exorcist, which. Let me tell you something. I think people were shocked out of their shoes. We were too innocent when that movie came out. People were like, <laughs> you know, I, I heard that parishes were being overrun with people asking to, to get exercise.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's a, amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nowadays people are like, huh. Oh. Yeah. That's unfortunate that 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 that's the that's where it's gone. Again, thank you so much. We have. We, uh, by the way, are you planning another book, or are you just gonna see no, what I happens have, with this? We have a sequel
1: coming. Okay, the, okay. 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 So, yeah, and the sequel is going to involve the. Well, I don't want to give too much away, but it, it's going to be involving uh, the input of other people who have uh, can attest to whatever's going on in terms of you okay scenario. So it's going to be interesting. Um, okay. Uh, if people go to my website. Um, Orderofexorcist Um mm-hmm. There's a link to the, where they could click on the very first page. They could click to Amazon, which goes to to the book thing, and okay. Amazon allows you to read the first thirteen. Yeah, pages. Yeah, they
0: give you a preview. Yes, yes, so yes.
1: Just read the thirteen pages, and uh, and you'll see where this is going. It's, I think it's interesting. I've got a lot of good feedback from uh, from people who've read it. So it's great. that's
0: good. I gotta read it. I gotta read it. it's on Kindle, right?
1: Uh, I think it is too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah okay. Yeah. 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 yeah I Again, sure. Archbishop. And- it has been absolutely, God, it's been fascinating to speak to you and and I will be sending you an email maybe in a couple of months so you can come back and we can talk some more because it's absolutely fascinating.
1: Don't forget to send me a link to this program too. So I could. Uh-
0: absolutely. Yes, I will. I will. I'll, I'll send you the video link and the, the one for the podcast version. Excellent. Okay.
1: Excellent. It was so okay. nice meeting you too.
0: Likewise. Take care. Have a good night.
1: I will. And you too. Take care. God bless Bye, Bye -bye Bye-bye.
0: Likewise. God bless you. Bye-bye. Wow. This has been so interesting. Yeah. See, he's talking about seeing it all. Yeah. Somebody... You know, when something for 40 years, believe me, you've seen it all. <laughs> you, okay, you know, what is that the movie The Good, the Bad and the Ugly? You've seen it. You you, you can't help but see it. Uh, to see um what happens, uh, like he said, when you know, is it not mental illness? Is it beyond mental illness? Uh, I had that thing about the eyeball in the guy's mouth. Oh my God. That is, you know, talk about, whew. talk about you not, must need intestinal fortitude to stand your ground on that. That's incredible. And also what he described that happened to him in 2013 with this malady that even now the doctors have never really given him. A straight answer as to what caused it, you know, in the middle of an exorcism, and you know that's why. And I've mentioned it before in other shows. Uh, there's a uh, yes, there's still priests that are coming out of the seminary and other people, and, and by this I'm <clears throat> I'm talking about the Catholic religion. Even though I know there's deliverance ministers and other religions that have people who do the equivalent of an exorcism, who they want to be priests, but they don't want to do this because it is so psychologically draining. Let's forget the physical aspects of it. Psychologically, it is, I, I totally agree with Archbishop Fail about you must have a calling for this. And I had to laugh. I know I laughed uproariously because when he said seven out of 10 of his volunteers don't stick around think about it you know what because i'm thinking to myself you if if, if you volunteer to do this i imagine if, if, if you're one of the groups that basically you are going in there on their behalf to test the waters and see what's what Okay, this is not like a paranormal team that's going in there because, oh, you think it's a ghost. I imagine maybe at some point, hopefully, if you're going in there, maybe there was even another team that went there first, backed out, and said, hey, you know, whatever's in there is dark. They're going to need something, some intense intervention here. So, whoever goes, like he said, that he sends in a team, these people that volunteer for this already know. I'm going to come across something like, whoa. And you still get seven out of 10, a 70% dropout rate. That tells you that however much they wanted to prepare in their mind, or they thought they were committed, like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Like he said, this is all of a sudden when they're there and they see manifestations that this is not the movies, this is not effects, this is not computerized. uh, that they try to logic it. They're seeing something, witnessing something. That they're trying to logic, and they're like, "Man, this is this is not ghost adventures." You know, whatever. You know, you know what I'm saying. Uh, this is. Uh, I, I hear this. I've seen this person levitate, or like you said, or I'm seeing something form on a wall and drip down. And where's it coming from? That's just a wall. Or I hear banging. Or I'm smelling something that I know, like what's like rotted eggs or something like that. Okay. That, that, uh, that coming to Jesus moment. You know what? I know there's a lot of people out there saying, you know what, Marlene, all those things, it's just uh, they're attributable to mental illness. So sometimes so- severe mental illness. Uh, Up to a certain point, I agree. There's some cases where it's untreated mental, maybe untreated, undiagnosed mental illness, severe mental illness. And I've said it before, I don't think one thing excludes the other. You could have somebody with an undiagnosed or untreated diseased brain that you could say their behavior or their the way they see reality is strictly. a a product of the, of their, of their illness. And up to a certain point, it could be, but that they could on top of it also have some type of spiritual interference. I think so too. I think so too. And yeah, there's going to be maybe the people that's just strictly. And and like I was saying, um, you hear these horrific things that these people that, that uh, have these severe mental illnesses do schizophrenia. I mean, let's not even go with the suicide thing, but, they kill their parents, siblings, uh, people they don't know. And it's just that the killing, it's like they, they they cut off heads, they horrible, horrible things. And it's like, okay, why does the mental illness or or whatever it is, an imbalance of the chemicals in the brain, so whatever it is, why does it drive you to do that? You know what, what there's a God, there's a really old, I'm gonna date myself here. There's a really old Jimmy Stewart movie. I think it was called Harvey or something like that. This really old movie. Okay. before my time, but it was like when he was young and the whole premise of the movie is that he's this guy who sees a giant rabbit that He calls Harvey and he's just considered eccentric outside of the fact that he talks to Harvey and he sees Harvey and everywhere he goes, there's Harvey. Um, You know, The the whole movie is built around it's it's pretty good and Jimmy Stewart was a perfect person to play the guy, and then at the end of the movie you see him go out a gate and then the gate opens by itself, and and what was it that I think that hard was supposed to be a puka or something I don't remember this was I saw this a long time ago. My point being, you know, if if people's mental illness was that they were hallucinating that they're seeing a giant rabbit that accompanies them everywhere, and you have to set. A place at the table for Harvey, okay, harm done. <laughs> okay, so peculiar, okay. But when the person starts doing such horrific things as killing animals, killing people, horrific, hor- that basically you are what do you call it um basically what you're seeing is some type of darker influence enmeshed within the whatever's going on with that person whatever whatever it is either that or it aggravates the symptoms all right to to me when i hear these stories um and 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 sometimes unfortunately even people like let's say like his organization that wants to help something with an exorcism sometimes i understand completely where they have to make sure that that person is diagnosed correctly and sometimes they have to leave it at that you know it's like yeah this person yeah they might have an attachment or they have some type of demonic oppression or whatever the case might be but he's also been diagnosed with that and we're gonna have to leave him in the hands of physicians that can treat him and give him medication and that's it they have to step back from it they have to step back from it and i understand that But God, I can't wait till he comes back. (laughs) You know what? And some of these things I know are disquieting. If you really stop and think about it, Um, because think about it. um, You're thinking, let's go with this. Let's go with the uh, serial killers. Why not? You know? Let's say, um, you know, I mean, I know somebody could say, well, Marlene, you know what, if you leave it up to criminals, they'll blame the, um, they'll blame the, the, the devil, you know, you know, like that thing, the devil made me do it. You know, everybody's going to take the fall, um, because, hey, it's easier than taking responsibility for it, right? Right? Well, um, I don't know. I I still think, <clears throat> not all the cases, but I think in some cases, even though some people could say, well, Marlene, basically what you're doing is you're giving somebody an out of if they've done something really horrible. Um, I don't, and by the way, that doesn't, that that could also mean that this person at some point actually welcomed or invited that entity to be with them. In other words, it wasn't like, oh, you're, you know, I'm losing, I, I'm losing my memory while I do this, you know, no, this thing was egging it on and they like, it was like a uh, match made in, in hell kind of deal. Now I'm not going to say that all of them was, were, uh, you know, they, they they did it under uh, the possession. And then when they came to, I remember, no, sometimes it's, they're totally on board from the beginning with what they're doing. But anyway, let's, let me get on real quick, since this has been such a long interview to my crazy, let's see, paranormal news of the day. Let's see. Uh, ah, yeah. here we go. We're here. Yes. Come on guys. Let's face it. This is a great story. Chihuahua ghost is haunting my house. I can hear his claws in the hallway. This is from the mirror. Okay. This came out (laughs) today says a paranormal skeptic is convinced that Chihuahua is haunting her house after spotting a little dog in the doorway. By the way, I lost my little Chihuahua dog of 16 years back in November quick girl and let me tell you something that was a hard thing uh sharing her mom's spooky site on reddit a daughter said both her parents have spoken about unusual sounds coming from the hallway in recent weeks she explained how her dad first heard the sound of toenails being scraped along the hardwood floor followed by her mom claiming to hear the dog's nails being pulled across it just a few days later she said my mom is the biggest skeptic ever When my dad started telling her that he had on a couple of occasions heard a sound like toenails on hardwood and seen a little white ball float down the hallway, she blew him off for pranking her or imagining things. But then she heard the sound of dog's nails when she was alone and their only other dog was sitting on the couch next to her. Her dog jumped up and ran over to investigate and the noise stopped. But that's not all, as the daughter adds. She said she saw a little dog. In the doorway without her glasses on and in the dark she thought it was her dog rosie who had come to follow her she walked over to pick her up and the dog just dropped through the floor gone rosie was still in bed and asleep with dad the woman believes she tried to pick up the ghost of her late dad's chihuahua who has been showing itself to her and her family the chihuahua who died two years ago was buried with his owner her dad after passing away just one week apart from him Oh she's absolutely convinced now that it's her dad and his deeply loved chihuahua she added this is my mom whose favorite book ever is demon haunted world by carl sagan my mom who explains away anything seeing her so convinced she's shaking she's shaken by her own skepticism but it's a comfort to think that my pap and his pup might still be around in some way I've missed them every day. One user said, I've got a ghost cat here at my house. I'm not sure which one it could be since we have had many. It came into the living room and shot across the room and into the kitchen like it was being chased. I was reading a book on my sofa with a cat curled up beside me on the top back of the sofa. She lifted her head and watched the ghost cat run past us. If it was a shadow cat, I haven't seen it since, but I have felt a cat rubbing against my ankle every now and again out of the blue, nothing there. It happens. If cats can be ghosts, so can dogs. Another said my cat used to always sneeze after she drank water. After she died, we brought her home to bury. We were sitting at the table trying to collect ourselves emotionally and we heard a sneeze come from the kitchen where her water bowl was kept. It surprised us both, but made us feel so much better. Wow. Believe me, I get it. I get it. And that thing, well, I've got got all my... Yeah. Some of them are around here. You know, that, that thing about the, the dogs that you hear them on the, on the wood. Yeah. I, I I've heard that like a lot, you know, when, when I'm saying not for my little chihuahua that died, as a matter of fact, I have, I have her buried out there. I have a a little memorial to my mom and I buried her right next to it. And, um, as a matter of fact, I have a, a, a little shrine with the, uh, Immaculate, no, immaculate conception, uh, a stone image of the Virgin out there. I have, I made like a memorial garden for my mom, and I buried her next to it. And um, I haven't heard anything from my. And in a way, I don't want to. I don't want to, because it's like, you know, you just you just want. Like I think, like human beings, you want your animal to be at peace. You know, what, what do they call it in the rainbow bridge? And then, you know, you're, you'll, you'll hook up later, you know, and I'm and right now I've got my nine to take care of. So anyway, guys, I hope you liked the show. I hope you liked the Chihuahua ghost story. And, um, like I said, I've got a lot of interesting guests coming on, go to Miami for links to either the videos or the podcast versions podcast without commercial interruptions. Please sign up for my newsletter. You can also find, you know, a way to do that there. And again, got interesting stories, anything, questions, whatever the case might be, please send it to Marlene at MiamiGoesChronicles.com. And I will see you next week. Again, thank you so much for being part of my audience.